This episode of Radio Techers is brought to you in part by Trip Surfer Vacations. Travel is opening up again, and we know you're ready to go. Trip Surfer Vacations has great all-inclusive packages for your next beach vacation and all the info you need to know about your next trip. So whether you're headed to the Cancun, Cozumel, Cabo, or the Caribbean, Trip Surfer Vacations has you guys covered. We even have partnerships for European adventures as well. So we know you're ready to go. Visit TripSurferVacations.com and let them know that Radio Techers sent you. Y'all have fun out there. Whether you're kicking it in the sticks or kicking it at home, lounge in upholstery with a contemporary feel designed for relaxed living with the Brantley Gilbert Collection at Morris Home. Enter online at morrisathome.com slash win for your chance to win a guitar personally autographed by Brantley Gilbert or one of many Morris Home gift cards to upgrade your home today. That's morrisathome.com slash win for your chance to win from Morris Home. This episode of Headlock Talk is brought to you by Austin-based company Naturally Hemp's and their new line of CBD gummies. These gummies are made with 100% baked-in, pharmaceutical-grade, non-isolate-based CBD. What we're talking about here is the entourage effect. The entourage effect refers to the stronger effect you get when combining multiple cannabinoids together as opposed to just CBD. Full-spectrum CBD or CBD distillate tends to be more potent and lasts longer, which is what we're talking about here. Unlike some other brands that use a spray-on CBD, Naturally Hemp CBD distillate is baked in so you know you're getting the full dose with each gummy. I personally use them for all kinds of things, like sleep aid or muscle pain. And did I mention they taste great? They got five flavors. Uh, strawberry, green apple, lemon lime, watermelon, and get this, the orange flavor has vitamin C in it. Ooh. So if this sounds like something you could go for, head over to your nearest Create-A-Sig vape shop and pick yours up today to see for yourself the difference Naturally Hemp's gummies can make in your life. Today is February 29th, 2020, and AEW Revolution is officially in the books, ladies and gentlemen. So on this week's episode of Headlock Talk, we're going to crack it open, take a look at the highs, the lows, and we've brought on a special guest making their Headlock Talk debut. Very exciting. So stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Headlock Talk. Oh, snap. Oh, snap, indeed. I am, of course, the Texas Gentleman Tanner Pruitt. And as always, right across from me, the one, the only, Mr. Stephen Grudy. Howdy. Howdy, Stephen. Howdy. Uh, <laughs> Stephen is a, a bit congested. I guess I guess we passed, I passed the cold along to him. Yeah, I think we just keep, like, flip-flopping. It, yeah, kind of weird. But. <laughs> we just keep trading the same illness. Yeah. Um, uh, but uh, tonight, this is a, a can't miss show because, uh, for many reasons, actually. Um, first and foremost, longtime friend of the show, yes. Mike Charlip, uh, blogger extraordinaire, uh, huge wrestling fan, a, a supporter uh, of ours since day one, a major contributor to the Twitter wrestling community. Mike, welcome to Headlock Talk. 
Oh, thanks for having me, guys. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> well, we're happy that you came on, man. Like, it, like we just put this together like in just a matter of days, and it was yeah. like, hell yeah, yeah, let's just do this. Yeah, literally like three days ago. Nice. Not... Like, yeah, I believe it was like three days ago. Well, uh, and and you just got your your microphone equipment and everything today. Yeah, definitely did. Like a couple hours ago. <laughs> oh man. You're like sliding into home plate, like. <laughs> yep. Yep. Very cool. Perfect. Well, yep, I'm I'm glad we were able to get you on, man. Uh, like like Tanner said, longtime friend of the show, longtime supporter. Yeah. Uh, your blogs are fantastic. So, uh, really glad to get you here on here finally. It's been a long time coming. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, without a doubt. Uh, well, and and of course tonight was AEW Revolution. Damn right. Yes. There there were highs. Yes, there were lows. Uh huh. But this was a, I would say, a very good overall show, gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Uh, care to uh, impart some thoughts here uh, as to kind of you know just what you believe the show was like for you, Stephen? Yeah, I, I mean, it was a good show. Uh, I definitely enjoyed <laughs> it. Um, I I would say from start to finish, it's probably not AEW's like uh, best pay per view, mm-hmm. uh, but it definitely had some really really high moments that I really enjoyed. Uh, I personally loved the uh, Sammy Darby match; I thought it was great. The Cody MJF match was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, the the main event was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, I I was jumping out of my seat. Um, which that tag match though? The tag match w- was brutal. Yeah, no, I loved it. <laughs> sweet, yeah. sweet. And Mike, what did you think of AEW Revolution? Uh, everything that you guys just said. What what a show! Like, and from a storytelling standpoint, like, yes. Like that tag match, that main event. Uh, it, it was so good. Oh, absolutely! Mm-hmm. I, I, like I said, the the high points that they had. I think they really hit them home. Yeah, and, yeah. And and Mike brings up a great point: the storytelling interweaved all throughout the night is uh, probably some of the highest quality storytelling that you will find in wrestling today. Mm. Um, now with that said, uh, there, there are some low points and we will get into those here shortly. Uh, but, uh, let's kind of just peruse through the card here. Mm-hmm. Um, let me see here. Uh, first match on the card we had, um, Actually, we we missed a couple of the dark matches, mm. right? Because um, we we kind of just got in right at seven mm-hmm. to to back to Headlock Talk headquarters to to start the show. Um, so uh, Britt Baker and Penelope Ford had a match against Yuka Sakazaki and Riho. Uh, Britt Baker and Penelope words and things. Penelope Ford <laughs> were the victors uh, in such a match. Um, we also had uh, the Dark Order. Uh, Evil Uno and Stu Grayson. Uh, they defeated SoCal Uncensored. Oh wow! Quite the upset wow. here, Stephen. Um, so there you go. Maybe uh, maybe some more storytelling in that feud. In yeah, yeah. It sounds like. I mean, uh, at this point with the Dark Order, man, um, I'm not like 100 percent sold, but I'm not 100 percent not sold. Um, I, I want to see where they're going with it. I mean, it the I will say the mystique of it. Is very very cool, very intriguing. Yes. Um, you know, I'll I'll give my full thoughts on it whenever we actually figure out what the hell's going on. Um, but yeah, 
Yes. But uh, yeah, uh, SoCal Uncensored, that's an upset right there. Yeah, I, I would agree with that here. Uh, you know, it was... Um, I, I think that they're still going to kind of go along with this story... Uh, possibly again i can't tell i won't know i'll have to go back and watch this here but obviously the developments with like christopher daniels and Mm -hmm. this kind of thing here um i i think is um it's very telling right yeah yeah Uh, mike did you catch uh, the dark matches by chance uh i actually didn't okay okay yeah i mean we'll we can see it later (laughs) you know We'll, we'll, we'll go back to the things that we we did see yes 100 yes. yeah um so the opening match of aew revolution was dustin rhodes taking on jake hager uh in um a fairly interesting match i thought yeah uh mike uh, what did you make of the opening contest between dustin rhodes and uh jake hager um i mean honestly i thought it was the worst match on the card mm. oh or, or at least the second horse. I mean, like I, I didn't hate the match, uh-huh. but from from like er, compared to all the other matches, it, I don't think it 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 really um, had the uh, had the same uh, storytelling effect, the same like everything. It wasn't the it wasn't the best match, but it wasn't it wasn't a bad match. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that's pretty much exactly how I feel about it. I, I do think. Uh, you know, again, like you said, it's not a bad match, but uh, definitely is either the worst match on the card or tied for the worst match for me. Mm-hmm. Um, not saying again, not saying it was a bad match. It's mm-hmm. just like compared yeah, to exactly. to all the other great matches that were on there, just kind of fell short a little bit. Mm. Um, it, it was really cool to finally see Jake Hager wrestle, um, but I don't know. The match just kind of had this weird like momentum to it, where uh, mm. it, it almost seemed like both guys were kind of confused about what to do next, and right. uh, they were kind of just uh, you know going through the motions, I guess. Um, I don't know. Well, and 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 not to come off as like that guy, right? right. But um, I think at one point I turned to you and I was like, "Look, if you're going to stack this up and compare it to what NXT did at Takeover Portland, and they went balls to the walls with Keith Lee and Dominic Dijakovic, right? Uh, this will leave you a little bit disappointed." Yeah. Mm. Uh, when I first saw that they were doing it uh, as the opener, uh-huh. uh, I was like, "That's strange." Uh, but once I saw the rest of the card, uh-huh. kind of made sense for the placement. So I could see it. I, I thought that it, it was also kind of you could tell that Hager hasn't been in the ring in a while. Yes, like mm, you, you could you could tell that, and also like I don't know how much these guys like got together and like worked it out together, but they also in their lifetime have only had one match together, mm-hmm. and it you know you you could you could kind of see that. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the chemistry's chem- big. Yeah, the chemistry wasn't there for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can definitely agree with that. And this match ran um, unusually long uh, for, for, I guess, its placement and pacing, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it went almost 15 minutes, uh, which, I mean, in retrospect, I'm like, yeah, that sounds about right. Um, but at the same time, it's like, couldn't it be just a, a little bit shorter? Yeah. I, th- I think if they kept, if they cut out a little bit of it, um, it, it, it would have been a lot better. Yeah. I yeah. think a lot better received. Um, not to say that it wasn't entirely um, 
boring or unentertaining. I right. mean, there there was the uh, the funny spot where they're at ringside and like, uh, uh-huh, yes. yeah, <laughs> Dustin uh, goes and uh, uh, for those who haven't seen the show yet, uh, Jake Hager's wife is at ringside mm-hmm. and uh, Jake Hager made it a point to kiss her as he went to the ring. Yeah. Uh, so Dustin sees this and he goes and kisses <laughs> Jake Hager's yeah. wife. It was really um, funny because as me and you were watching it, yeah. he, he throws Hager into like the, the barricade or whatever yeah. and walks right by his wife and I'm like now kiss his wife and, and I was kidding entirely and then he did it and uh, yeah it made my day it was great it, 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 it was it was very gold dust yes very very it, it was very gold dust yes <laughs> I that's could a good point definitely get behind that for sure um, but yeah I mean it's um, not not a terrible match by any means but I do see what you guys are saying about like the weird momentum mm-hmm. uh, what do you make of his finisher i hate it oh (laughs) well this is gonna sound bad but uh what was it i missed it his finisher is um it's it's essentially the same thing that he's been using in bellator um except the the standing version yeah it's like a standing like face-to-face cobra clutch almost yeah yeah Um, i I think braun Strowman did something like this a few years ago only with like a lifting Motion. Oh, okay. See, I think Braun yeah. Strowman has like the size to really pull something like that off, though. Like with with uh, Hager doing it, especially on a man the size of Dustin as well. It just kind of looked a little like flat or like lackluster. Like there, Dustin was taking way more abuse than what that submission did to him. You yeah, know what I mean? Sure. Yes, for sure. So I don't know. Well, and I think if it was like one of those things where like. They really sold it, like like right. Hager thrashing Dustin around in the hold, and then like took him down to his knees, or like and then brought him to the ground, kind of like how like when when he does it, when Hager does this in Bellator, it's he's always flat on his belly on the ground, clutching the other guy and like strangling him. Yeah, if if it was like that and really sold up, I think it would have come across a lot better. Here, it looks like Hager hugged him. And then the ref was like, nah, dog, that's yeah. it. It's over. Ring well, yeah, the bell. No. That, that's <laughs> yeah, a great it, point. Like, it was very quick. It was super quick. It's like, okay, he's in the submission. Uh, uh, match is over. It, it was super quick and kind of came out of nowhere. And, uh, yeah, I think if he had done, like, some some thrashing or, or something like that. I mean, we're, we're nitpicking, you know, but yes. uh, I definitely agree with you on that. Yeah, it didn't come off great. Mm-hmm. Well, well, we'll move along. Again, it was a, it was a decent match. Um, let's move along to something that was, I thought, markedly better. Yes. Uh, but a lot shorter. Mm-hmm. Uh, Darby Allen taking on Sammy Guevara. This was probably one of the more hyped matches going into uh, AEW Revolution, especially amongst the wrestling community, I would say. Return of Darby. Return of Darby. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. Um, this match only went about five minutes. Really? Yeah. Well, oh, it, was, it was also because a lot of it took place before the match started. Ah, uh, so. that's true. That's true. Mm. Yeah, I was going to say, that felt way longer than five minutes. Okay. Yeah. I, I guess, uh, yeah, there's a good case for that for sure. Like, with with like um, a lot of the stuff that happened outside the ring beforehand, mm-hmm. it, it probably all, it, in all actuality, it was probably ten minutes. Mm-hmm. But five minutes official match time, I would imagine. I got you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, very cool to see Darby back. Um, both these guys are just like 
look, they have huge futures mm-hmm. in AEW for sure. Um, I mean, I, I would also put Jungle Boy in that class as mm-hmm. well, um, and MJF as well. You know, I would say those four are are the guys that you want to make sure that you can build the company towards uh, in the future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all of those names are are oozing potential. Mm-hmm. All of them. Mm-hmm. They they all got bright futures, and like if they bring out a, a mid card title at some point, those are the guys for a while that you're gonna see fighting for it. I think Ooh. absolutely, yeah. Yes. And, and man, I, I've said this so many times. They need that mid card belt, man. Like mm. they they really do need it. Yes, um, I don't know. It will happen. Yeah, someday. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm sure. Um, but yeah, uh, some scary moments. Uh, one particularly somewhat towards the beginning. Uh, Darby is going for a suicide dive to the outside and his foot catches the middle rope and he takes a pretty nasty fall right next to the barricade. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it, it kind of, um, it was a little bit uneasy, uh, yeah. especially if you've seen some of the things that, um, other notable wrestlers have done as far as suicide dives I, to the outside go. I think it's safe to say that it's not the <laughs> scariest thing he's ever done. I mean, True. that's fair. That's definitely fair. True. Yeah. That that landing was a bit rough, but yes, yeah. not the scariest thing Darby Allen's ever done on TV. And it kind of was like a Sasha Banks suicide dive. Mm. Mm. I would say it's a good comparison. Yeah, definitely for sure. <laughs> um, Sammy, uh, he's he's been doing this uh, this top rope six thirty senton. Yeah. And this time he put an extra little dash of something special on it. He he sets up Darby uh, on a table on the outside and then does the 630 senton from the top rope of the ring through the table, through Darby Allen on the outside. And he almost um, did it like sideways, almost. Like mm. it, it was a really cool flip. <laughs> it, was a, it was a big move. Yeah. It was a, definitely a big move in the match. Uh, though the finish did come when Darby uh, reversed Sammy's attempt to put him into the exposed turnbuckle, uh, and uh, Darby catapults Sammy into it, um, the, the exposed turnbuckle, that is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sammy actually sells the throat like he landed uh, throat first onto the exposed steel. Uh, Darby then hits a modified stunner and uh, uh, followed that up with a long-range coffin drop. This mm-hmm. was a very far uh, distance between Darby Allen all the way up on the top turnbuckle and Sammy Guevara uh, nearly I would say I would say probably actually over halfway across the ring at oh, that yeah. point. Yeah. Mm. No, it was yeah. really good. I mean the the match uh I, I think the match itself was very, very good. It comes down to big, big spots, I mm. think. Uh there were there were a lot of real big spots, a lot of scary moments. Mm. Uh one in particular was uh there was a, a top rope stomp from Sammy Guevara onto Darby Allen and uh I don't know if it was like Messed up a little bit, but he landed, like, straight on him. Uh, there was another one where Sammy mm. threw the skateboard, like, truck first into Darby's head. And mm. uh, th- there were a few, like, really scary moments, but they 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 welded it together very well and had good momentum throughout the match. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, without a doubt. But, I mean, this was the beginning of, like, the matches that, like, I was saying that had, like, really good storytelling throughout. Mm. Like, because he was selling the throat thing. And mm. a lot of times you see in in WWE, people get hurt and then they don't sell it mm. at all. Yep. Yep. And this is what happened like three weeks ago. 
and he's and he's still selling it like to the point where he was also doing promos where he was kind of mocking sammy guevara doing the signs and the Mm. and stuff like that so again like i said like the storytelling off the charts this this entire show and this was the beginning of that oh yeah yeah this is this is continuity ladies and gentlemen like a hundred percent yes something wwe does not do Very seldomly, yeah. There was the teaser spot where Darby was going to use the skateboard to get a little bit of revenge, and I believe it was Jake Hager who came out and saved Sammy mm-hmm. uh, from getting his throat crushed on the skateboard. Uh, so something tells me we have not seen the end uh, of, of these two. Oh, for sure. And I would I will gladly uh, uh, see a rematch of them. Um, so moving right along here... Uh, this next match, uh, where to begin? Um, <laughs> so this was probably my personal, I guess the the match I was looking to looking forward to most. I guess is the, the best way that I can say this. And in retrospect, looking at this here, um, after the match, I know that <laughs> I looked at you, Steve, and I was like, based on everything that we know so far, this match should have closed. AEW Revolution, just mm-hmm. based on the storytelling and everything. When we get to the main event, we can we can definitely debate that. Yeah. Um, but yes, this match was off the charts in terms of high quality in ring performances, uh, excellent psychology all the way around between all four guys, uh, and uh, I, I'm certainly talking about the tag team title match here: Young Bucks versus Kenny Omega uh, and Adam Page. The story. You know, can Kenny trust Hangman, right? And the Young Bucks certainly played up the heels, uh, though the match is a lot more complicated than just that. Mm-hmm. Um, Mike, I, I guess, what what's your take kind of on the story, the match itself? Where is this going? Uh, well, I agree with you that it was match of the night for sure. Like, mm-hmm. and definitely, like you said, could be could could have been the main event for sure. That's how good it was. Um, the storytelling of this match was off the charts. Um, the, the Young Bucks amazing at, at everything that they do, and they get they get criticized for for not telling stories in their matches. Mm-hmm. And you could tell that that's not the case with this match. This match is, I mean, for the longest time, people thought that hangman was going to turn on them and i think it's going to go the other way around mm. at this point uh because did the, the the young bucks were getting booed uh-huh the, like a the, lot and uh, like a lot mm-hmm. and that doesn't that doesn't happen a lot uh, if ever so hangman is more over than he's ever been mm-hmm. and that was something that they couldn't say when he was in the world title picture so it's true yeah. I I mean I'm unsure about how Kenny Omega is going to play into this. I don't know. Part of me feels like down the line if they lose the tag titles that he will also turn. But mm-hmm. I'm very I'm very unsure about that part. Uh huh. it it's very I'm very intrigued to see where it goes. I am too. I I think that this will be quite unique how the rest of this plays out because there is a lot uh, that that you can dive into this here with, uh, mm-hmm. and 
just to impart <laughs> a little bit of, um, I guess, clarity here, ladies and gentlemen, if we were to talk about the match itself and all of the happenings in this match here, I don't think we would do it justice. We could sit here all day and talk about you know the match, and, and it, it it definitely needs to be watched mm-hmm. in we order to would, get the We would the full need a whole detail. show. Yeah, yeah, no, hundred percent. And I would definitely need more notes, because um, <laughs> to be perfectly honest, about oof, this match ran over thirty minutes, mm-hmm. right? And after about um, after about ten minutes, I literally put in my notes here. I'm stopping my notes here for the remainder of the match because I'm just stuck in awe mm-hmm. uh, of of what I'm seeing here. Um, definitely the best tag team match i've seen all year um possibly the best tag team match i've ever seen to be perfectly honest with you um it's at, up there. At, at least in north america yeah yeah, I yeah. Mean, um we could we could talk about some of the the new japan tag matches um this definitely had me reminiscing about uh, the kenny omega and kazuch not kazuch okada kenny omega and kota abushi rather thank you steven um versus young bucks match that they had yeah, uh, yeah. out in california uh, a few years back um definitely had shades of that um i the do young like bucks, mm-hmm. sorry the uh, the young bucks had a callback to that match by doing kenny omega's uh double team that he does with Yes. Does with Kota Ibushi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the uh the, the Golden Lover uh double Kamagoye. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um Golden Trigger, I think is what they call it. Yeah. Oh, that's a great yeah. name. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's a great name. <laughs> um But yeah, I mean this the like I said, we, we could talk about this match all day and I don't think we would do it justice, but uh the key parts here, you know, uh Kenny could you know, he, he could trust Hangman mm-hmm. is ultimately the story here, or at least Hangman, yeah. at least went out and won the match for them. Right? right, right. I mean, he got he got the one, two, three. You know, so I mean, whether that a hundred percent means that like the whole distrust storyline between them is is over or mm-hmm. not, um, you know, he did get the one, two, three. Um, but yeah, man, th- this match was just incredible, incredible. Definitely match of the night. Uh, I really liked the main event as well, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, definitely match of the night. The the thing about it, obviously, you know, Kenny Omega, Hangman, great tag team. Young Bucks, probably the best tag team in the world, right? And so you got a lot of very great tag moves. You got great momentum, just great moves all the way throughout. But really what put this match you know, on the higher level was the story and the way that they were able to tell it in the ring. And like you, like you mentioned, this story has a lot of layers to it. You mm-hmm. know, uh, on the surface, it is just a title match. But then at the same time, you take a look back in their history, and these guys are in the elite together. Mm-hmm. And, and now that it's it's friends going against friends. But then you also have the storyline with uh, Kenny Omega. Is he able to trust Hangman? Yeah. Then you also have. Kenny being pulled by the Young Bucks and being like, no, come with us. And, yeah. and then Hangman being like, no, come with me. And yeah. it just, the way they were able to layer this complex storyline into one match that is coherent and shows every piece of the storyline. Like, man, it's, this is just so, so good. And like you said, we could talk about this all night. Um, but really, if you're fans of these guys or fans of AEW, Fans of just great tag team wrestling and storytelling. This is a master class of all of that. Yes. Like, it's so good. Yes. It, it's a can't miss. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And there there was a few things. Um, the Young Bucks uh, and Cody did a, um, did like a Q&A or something uh, 
on the C2E2 thing that they put on YouTube mm, like mm-hmm. earlier today. And they were talking about All In and they were talking about how their match got cut short. And they said it got cut short by like 20 minutes. Uh, yep. And and that I think that the reason that they went on early is so that that wouldn't happen. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, I think maybe they're doing that a lot now because they don't want that to happen again. I mean, really, but, that uh, makes perfect sense. Honestly. Um, but yeah, like like you guys said, everything you guys said, I I'm I'm on board. Uh, I I love this ma- I love this match. I love the story going in. Uh, even like Kenny Omega when he had the Iron Man match with uh, Pac, he the Young Bucks were with him. Like and Hangman wasn't. Yeah. And it was kind of like like these guys are facing each other in in four days. Like why why is he why doesn't he have his partner with him? Mm-hmm. And then you were like you remember like the storyline is is that he's drinking all the time and yeah. probably wasn't like and that and that layer of the story is also a thing because like the fans love that. And the young yeah. bucks the young bucks don't because yeah. they don't they don't drink yeah and uh, i don't think I, don't, and, I think he's the only one in the elite that does drink mm-hmm. yeah he out. is he is and like the fact that they're healing the young bucks just because they don't drink is another layer to this and like i love it, it yeah it it's i i can't wait to see where it goes yeah i mean there's so many unanswered questions and 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 you've brought up a few things that that's that that have made me think here um number one kenny omega uh my god he's he is um he's slowly but surely reinforcing the beliefs that i've held all along that he is the best wrestler on the planet at this moment um yes we did put will osprey over as the uh, re- uh male wrestler of the year um uh, at, at our 2019 uh year in review um yes um there's obviously a whole slew of of other people who could claim that on any given day but this is a kenny omega that he he went from being in New Japan. He joined this project not really knowing where it would go. He hadn't lived in America in who knows how long. And he started out a little bit slow, but has ramped up this pacing here and is he's put on the best singles match on television in who knows how long, right? Um, probably the best televised match uh, since maybe the NXT match that um, Undisputed Era had with Mustache Mountain, mm-hmm. right? Um, Are you talking about the the Iron Man match on uh, Dynamite yes, last week? The, yeah, the Iron Man match with with uh, Kenny yes. and Pac. Mm-hmm. Th- that match was fantastic. Oh, it was killer. And yeah. and and four yeah. days later, he now comes out and puts up the best tag team match that I've seen in probably ever. And um, it, it just speaks to speaks volumes that e- even Kenny Omega, who is not a traditional tag team wrestler, uh, had that in him, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so we are seeing the New Japan quality Kenny coming back here, and and I think this is just the start of something very special for him. Mm-hmm. 
And for the longest time, people were saying that like this Kenny Omega is not the Kenny Omega from New Japan, and people mm. were upset that his matches and qu- the quality of his matches hadn't been that great. Mm-hmm. And after that Iron Man match, I I put out a tweet and I said nobody is allowed to talk bad about Kenny Omega ever again. Right. Yeah. No, don't get me wrong. Because- I'm I'm definitely guilty <laughs> of the former of what you've said. Like I was like, yeah. uh, you know, maybe maybe he can't do it, mm-hmm. but no, he's certainly proved me wrong. I'm sorry, I think I interrupted you, though. (laughs) And also, like, you have to think about, like, he's never been on, like, a a weekly television show before now. He was in New Japan where they would have, like, you know, lead-up shows to pay-per-views or whatever. They they never really had, like, this thing where they had to build stories through their matches week after week. And I think that that was playing a factor for him. Right, um, yeah. It, it was, at least it not was in a that new format. environment. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, it's a, it's a whole new environment. I, I mean, weekly television is not um, was not in his wheelhouse per se. He he has even said like he had to learn a lot um, when it came to uh, I guess doing AEW weekly television. Um, another thing is the hangman tease at the end where. The, you know, uh, the young bucks, they were trying to make peace. Um, and Kenny was pretty receptive to it. Hangman, he was leaving the ring and then he stood on the apron and kind of teased giving the buckshot lariat. And Kenny kind of stood there in the ring after he had had his back turned and then he, and then he looked over at Hangman and he saw the stance and this wild look in Hangman's eyes. And Kenny kind of, he he, kind of like questioned and kind of braced for it, but nothing came of it. Hangman simply just walked away. Um, guys, I, I I think this is a teaser for later. I think that this is very telling for something that we will see, not in the immediate future, but certainly somewhere close to down the road. Well, I was like I was saying earlier, I feel like this is this could lead to like Kenny Omega being the one to turn. Like, because you you could tease that for a while. And I mean, we don't know when they're going to have another pay-per-view, like, because they, they like to spread out their pay-per-view. So, and I actually like that. But, um, so you could, we could see this week after week and then Kenny not even batting an eye to it. And then Kenny being the one to be like, I'm sick of this. If they, you know, once they lose the titles, if, if that happens before the next pay-per-view or whatever, you could see you could see Kenny being the one that like turns and like it's like the final straw for him. Like I'm done with whatever you know that that's mm-hmm. the way I I could see that happening. Oh yeah, definitely. And so I I again like I said I'm very intrigued, very very curious. Yeah, I mean this is gonna be this is gonna be something to. Definitely keep an eye on Bo- mm-hmm. both eyes. Really, you should definitely keep yeah. both eyes peeled for this. Yes. Um, somewhere in the mix, uh, we got a teaser trailer uh, for uh, this AEW uh, Dynamite special that they're gonna do, uh, which is called Blood and Guts. Hilarious! A, n- a nice little uh, tip of the hat to yes. uh, Vince McMahon there. Uh, <laughs> Another one. Yeah, <laughs> um, they're going to be using the War Games uh, match layout, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, 
for for a, a I guess it's going to be just a, a dynamite episode built around this match. It is a covered cage, though, from what they said. So yes, that that I think is uh, probably yeah. the only difference in terms of the setup of the match. Mm. Yes, yeah. uh, I think the original War Games were they had covered cages. At oh, one really? Point. Yeah, I I believe so. The uh, like when the Horsemen used to have them, I believe they used to do mm. the same the mm. same deal. I see the old school. I see. We we, we, we yeah. got to go way way. See, I know. Your time. I know the. I know the NXT War Games. Yes, which is not a covered. But yeah, okay. Um, but yes, this should be something very intriguing. I'm. I'm very excited to see and where they go with this. I, I was. I saw an interview with Cody recently, and he said that somebody asked him about like a lot of like WCW properties that he was like trying to get or trying to use. Mm-hmm. And he said that he wasn't like trying to use them just because WWE wasn't. He said that a lot of the things that he was trying to um, get the, uh, you know, like the trademarks for were things that his dad created mm-hmm. Yes, and that he wasn't necessarily going to use them, that he just wanted to have them because they were his dad's things that, his dad's creations Mm -hmm. so and i feel like this is like another one of those things where cody says one thing and then does it anyway and (laughs) so i i mean i don't know but still it's a cool it's a cool idea but yes to be to be different they're using the the roof so yeah, yeah, and, and I really like what they're doing with these, like, because obviously, like you had mentioned, Mike, they they tend to uh, kind of space out their pay per views a little bit, which I definitely I do like a lot. Uh, makes them feel you know more important. But then they're also starting to do these special dynamites too, which is cool. Like they had the the uh, <clears throat> you know Bash at the Beach or or uh, whatever, and yeah. then now they're gonna have the Blood and Guts dynamite special, and so it, it's really cool. You know, they they don't have to have a pay per view every month. You know, just have the big pay-per-views of the year and then do something special every now and then. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, honestly, all of the Dynamites for the, from the past, like, month and a half, two months have been stacked as hell and, and mm-hmm. could have been a pay-per-view on their own anyway. So, I mean, I don't need a pay-per-view every month if you're just going to give me crazy Dynamites every week, you know? Yeah, I, w- I would say that is true. Yeah. Uh, moving right along here, uh, we... Uh... <laughs> Uh, we go from probably, in my opinion, the best match mm-hmm. on the card with Kenny and the Young Bucks, uh, or Kenny and, and Hangman versus the Young Bucks, rather, to perhaps the worst match on the card, I, I would say. Yes. Um, Nyla Rose defended the AEW Women's Championship against Chris Statlander, and, and don't get me wrong, guys, um... We definitely appreciate the hard work that goes into um, the both of them starting out really like in their careers. Like both of them have been around, have done work on the independent circuit, to my knowledge. But they're both very still very new, very inexperienced, and this match certainly highlighted that. I would say, yeah. Um... Yeah, th- this match really was just not very good, in-, in my opinion. And I know we've we've talked about Nyla Rose uh, before and just how green she is. Um, and that it definitely showed in this match for sure. I mean, I, I will say uh, Nyla has improved 100%. From the first time we saw Nyla to, to where she is now, she has 100% approve- improved. Uh, same thing with Chris Statlander. Uh, and, and by no means am I trying to, you know, just be very negative about this match or... or 
try to bury these ladies, you know, uh, obviously a lot of hard work went into this. Uh, but I'm going to tell it like it is, and, and I'm going to say exactly how I felt about the match. This match was boring, man. This it, match was boring. It was boring. There was a lot of botches, and you could tell that they were... I would say Chris, more than Nyla, was nervous about being on this kind of stage. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it was picking up towards the end, but... On um, on two different occasions, uh, one for each of them, really, um, there was a botch um, on or near the turnbuckles. Um, didn't come off very well. Uh, one obvious, and this is being very nitpicky here, but Chris Statler did attend a uh, did attempt rather a uh, kip up. Yeah, and she fell right on her ass and then like she tried did. to roll over and kind of like make up for it and then it was like oh yeah like <sighs> well uh i would say that like the the missed kip up thing is kind of like plays into the character a little like because hmm. i could see that yeah uh, i mean because you see like she's been doing like this thing where she's like an alien and she doesn't really get like certain things like as mm. a character or whatever mm-hmm. and like like I could see that playing into the character, but hmm. I, I, but I, I agree. Um, this match was very boring, very, just nothing. It, it was a nothing match. Yeah, it, that that's the best way to put it. It was a nothing match, and it didn't help anyone. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nyla has improved with, without a doubt. I'm still not a very big fan, but. Um, like I wasn't really excited when she won the title. Um, but, uh, Chris Statlander, I mean, for the, for the most part, like the beginning when she was feuding with, uh, uh, re well, well kind of feuding with Riho and having matches with like Hikaru Shida. I mean, you could tell that like her matches with Hikaru Shida were good because of Hikaru Shida. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And, but then she would have matches with like Britt Baker and it would look bad. She would mm-hmm. have match. She would have matches with one of the, you know, anybody else, and it wouldn't look as good. So she still, mm-hmm. I, I like her. I like the character, but she has a lot of work to do. I think. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. I, I would say it's certainly a fair criticism. I mean, um, and and I think that raises a good point. I think Nyla is certainly a performer and a wrestler who, um, she can definitely go. Right, mm-hmm. but I think she needs to be led right now, rather than leading a match. That's why you see like you know uh, these matches with Rio and and, and some of the other uh, Japanese talent who are far more experienced. Right, um, that's why you see them, you know, giving these these other ladies on the roster great matches. Like Britt Baker, uh, I mean, she's markedly better when she's in the ring with you know one of the uh, the, the, the Japanese talent that are there because uh, they've been doing it for years and years and years. I mean, the, the Riho match that um, Nyla Rose had when she won the title here in Austin, um, yeah, I mean, that was difference of night and day yeah, yeah. Uh, from the match mm-hmm. that they had on the first episode of Dynamite. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's Nyla Rose is getting better. Uh, I think with time, Chris Statlander will be there too, and to the point that you made about uh, this, um, the, the Kip Up being maybe part of uh, part of the character. Uh, I think it would be a, a, a very good touch if maybe there's maybe a, a a being the elite 
segment uh, that we might see where she's just sitting there watching the TV, studying maybe like old Shawn Michaels clips where he's doing the kip up. And it's just like a highlight reel of just him doing the kip up. <laughs> and she's yeah. like studying it. And then she yeah. like gets better at doing it. I, I don't know. Yeah, that'd and, be funny. And like they've been playing <laughs> up this whole like thing. Like I said, like like she's an alien or whatever. And like she's only she's on on being the elite she's been having encounters with orange cassidy which mm-hmm. which which are which are funny they're hilarious but they, i love but it they, <laughs> but they don't really they don't really mean anything this is kind of they're kind of yes. just there like mm-hmm. the last one on the last episode she was tying her shoe and then he just took it off like <laughs> yeah. why uh, why i don't know but it was funny <laughs> right. and i i think obviously that's what they were going for but uh yeah i I like the, I like the direction of the character because it's different, mm. but like she has to work her, she has to get her in ring work on par with the character work. I think definitely, and and it's and it's clear that it's not there. I mean, I think she's I think she's only been wrestling for like three years. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she came out of Kurt Hawkins school. I think, mm. um, but uh, yeah, I mean she she can be very good she has the potential to be very good she has uh you know her and nyla obviously f- for different reasons have the size to be good you know to be carrying this division mm. um as you know like i think the problem that a lot of people had with with Riho is that she was never on tv uh for for a long time like there was a couple of weeks where she was the champion and we hadn't seen her in like three weeks because she was doing a japan tour and a lot of people are still very unsure about like the believability of riho being able to beat nyla or being able to beat statlander because because of the size difference Mm -hmm. yeah i mean um I, i could definitely see that um yeah, I mean this is this is wrestling to the degree where you do have to suspend your your belief a little bit, um, yeah. but I mean at the same time, like uh, you know, I I do see credibility to that, especially if they're marketing AEW as more of a a sporting product, perhaps. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. uh, MJF versus Cody. <laughs> Mm. Yes. <laughs> I, I want to move along to this match here mm-hmm. um, because for for all of the hype and all of the build that this match has had, um, it wasn't nearly the hate-fueled brawl that I think that we would have expected from these two. Yeah. Um, I, I think it had a lot of the psychology that was necessary, um, but I, I think that it lacked intensity. Um a little bit of nitpicking from me here. Uh, Cody, um, he, uh, he, he had the band that does his entrance music. They, they play live. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Steven is, is very upset. Um, it was not great. Um, it, <laughs> it was, was very bad. It, it was, it was pretty awful. Yeah. Like there were missed as, as musicians, right? There were missed notes all the way around. As far as the vocals are concerned, um, the EQing was pretty 
awful yeah. i thought yeah um so you know that there's an uh, audio engineer out there who's not gonna be around i think is <laughs> right for real um as, as far as uh, the musical instrument instrumentation side are, of things are, are you delaying the inevitable to talk about this tattoo that cody got yes <laughs> let's talk about that tattoo <laughs> so cody he comes out and he's got this giant, um, real ugly, like uh, nightmare family logo tattoo. Well, I mean the it's the his, placement. It's the it's placement. the placement. The it's, tattoo itself, the design of the nightmare family logo is awesome. It's fine. The placement makes like negative sense. It's it's on his neck, like on the side of his neck. The guy that walks yeah. around in suits all the time gets a neck tattoo. Yes. He's a he's a VP. Yeah. And he has a tattoo that is very visible. Yeah. And is just it, it and I should have known that something was up cuz like I said earlier I watched the C2 E2 exclusive interview and he was wearing a scarf Yes. During the interview. Uh, for obviously we know why now. But mm. and it's just it's just not good. It 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 needs to, like he could have put that on his back or on his arm or, on his other peck. Yeah. 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 Like why why there? I hope it's temporary. And, and I, yes, it, I, I think there is the theory, and I'm going to operate on the theory until we see otherwise <laughs> that this is a temporary tattoo because mm-hmm. this it it's very uncody. Well, see, he didn't have the tattoo on dynamite, right? And, and then he did at C2E2. So at the if this is a real tattoo, it is at most 2 days old. At most. Which and you should not wrestle in the condition of I've you, gotten a tattoo 2 days ago. That and you shouldn't put a scarf over it either this is also true so i'm i'm just gonna go with the thought that it's temporary just because if it's not temporary cody you need to take better care of your tattoos uh (laughs) you you just shouldn't have got it like (laughs) well we might be past that right now though there is gonna be memes for for months oh yeah this tattoo oh yeah, yeah. There, there's already um th- I'm, I'm looking on twitter right now and there is a side-by-side shot of uh, cody's tattoo versus uh, jack gallagher's new tattoos um jack gallagher yeah. looks like he's a a, 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 a navy a navy man from the from the 1940s i don't like it this <laughs> is very interesting it's it's I, so obnoxious like in your face like could you make it <laughs> like half the size like it's crazy <laughs> one one of the memes i saw was like i blame cody's tattoo for orange cassidy's loss or something like that <laughs> like, pr- pretty good <laughs> yeah. yeah like it, it and then there, there was like another one that was like i blame this for that it, it was it it's gonna be going on for a while Oh yeah, I think so. I think th- until we don't see the tattoo anymore, I think we're gonna continue to see uh, Cody tattoo memes. Yeah. I mean, at the very um, least, thank you, Cody, for top tier meme material. Yes, so that, that, that's cool. That is I guess. that is deserved. <laughs> um, yeah. As far as the match itself, um, I, I, I mentioned this earlier. I think that this is uh, 
for the for the build that we got about this match. Uh, we definitely didn't get the kind of match that I think a lot of people were expecting that we would get. This was a very, um, while it was psychology heavy to the extent that I think it was deserved and necessary, um, a lot of this was very scientific wrestling, (laughs) which, you know, I mean, it has its place, but, I mean, with the level of intensity that these guys actually gave it, in spots, I mean, it, it was a it had ebbs and flows to it with the momentum, and I don't think that that's what you know plays well with this kind of feud, especially when there are multiple different hold spots. Mm-hmm. Um, neither of these guys look to be to be getting winded at any point during the contest, mm-hmm. but it did. It was very mm, off putting. I, I would say. Yeah, I, I think one of the, at least for me, one of the main reasons it fell flat um, was, like you said, this is supposed to be a blood feud. You know, it, right. it's got all this build to it, months of build. And and we didn't really get a lot of that from the match. And, and I think what what made it so lackluster is the the absolute shining example of storytelling in a match that we got from the tag team match. Mm. Um, and I, I don't necessarily think that it's that match's fault that mm. this one wasn't that good. Um, but I think it definitely plays into it a little bit. Yes. Yeah. It, it kind of came off to me like, obviously the feud's not over. So mm. yes. Yeah. So I feel like they probably didn't want to have that match. Now they, I mean, yes, you could have had more, uh more psychology to the match and like all this build and all this like you know 10 10 lashes and cage match all all this thing that led to this match and um i mean it didn't fall flat it was not a bad match it just didn't feel like the match you were expecting and, no i mean that's that's i would say that's fair mm-hmm. yeah and i mean the result was I think pretty clear, like going in, like MJF was the one who needed this win. And obviously it has to continue. So I, I, you don't, you don't end it here, especially after everything that's happened. But yeah, uh, again, I'm very, very curious where it's going to go. Obviously. I mean, I, since they're, I I mean, they could have, incorporate this in that war games match i don't Mm. i don't know Mm. Uh, that is a good point yeah yeah i mean it also we don't know how many people are going to be in this match Mm -hmm. because at first i was thinking it would be all of inner circle and a group to face them yeah like a a motley crew of you yeah. know, ragtag individuals. Yeah. Shout at the devil. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> nice. Got it. Can we talk about uh, MJF's new entrance gear and how god awful it is? <laughs> I mean, if you want, he to ditched do. the scarf and turned it into the worst looking robe I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah. It looked so bad. So it, many bad entrances in this match. Dude, seriously. <laughs> seriously. And like that's one of the ones where like, you know, if done correctly, for example, yeah. in the main event, how that uh entrance for Jericho was, it was great. It was a good entrance. Mm-hmm. But and that like live music thing can be good. But here's the thing with MJF. Like 
and I know this is dumb, and I know I'm nitpicking, but like that scarf, yeah, is his character. Yeah, yeah. you yeah. know, it, and it's not. It, it is what he says in his demeanor and how he acts and everything like that. But that really just wraps it all together, you know. And they've been selling like MJF scarfs and stuff like that. And like, I just I don't really know what they were doing there. It's just kind of weird. I'm nitpicking and I'm complaining about something small. It's just dumb. Like it, it, yeah. I mean, I, I could definitely see where you're coming from. I mean, again, we're, we're we're talking about like the entrances and stuff, and yes, it is a it is a downer for sure. Um, but uh, I mean, the the match itself. Uh, don't take our criticism as if we didn't enjoy the match per se. Yeah. I think the match is still fine. I think it accomplished in the short term what it needed to do, or or rather. Actually, no, I take that back. I think it accomplished more in the long term of what it needed to do, right? Yeah. It's an advancement in the feud. The finish is is MJF hitting Cody with the diamond ring mm-hmm. and um I mean and getting that cheap shot in. Cody's knocked out, basically. Yeah. Um and, and that's kind of where we see the the feud I guess continue to develop is 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 you know, where 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 does MJF go? Where does he take this momentum? What does Cody do? Because Cody's gonna have to reevaluate a whole nother mega loss uh, that, that that's on his his record. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, as far as pay per views are concerned, so yeah. Um, I, I mean, yeah. I, I still think the match was good. Uh, I, I think, uh, like Mike said, um, I, I think we might have, or at least myself, uh, could have gone into it uh, expecting something else, uh, yeah. and, and then getting what we got. And that's you know that's probably my fault. Uh, to a certain degree, it was still a good match. Uh, you know, I'm not saying it was a bad match at all. It's just it it wasn't 100 percent what I was expecting. Right. Well, I don't, I don't think you're in the wrong for expecting f- more. Right. Like I mean, like, yeah. I, I they sold it to you for weeks and weeks and weeks that this is something big. Right. Um, these guys absolutely hate each other. Right. Um. This just simply wasn't. Um, it, it, this wasn't the match that I think um, is going to dictate the rest of the feud. But this was a an interesting start. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, Long term, I think that they will get better. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, perhaps it's just too early for Cody to really, you know, get that one over on MJF. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. The one, like, one last thing that there was one, there was a criticism for a while mm-hmm. that the uh, the EVPs were maybe like giving people too much, that, right? Like that, yeah. like, cause like the young bucks early on were like losing to Private Party, and like you know, like Cody was is out of the title picture forever, quote unquote. Right. Like a lot of things that they were giving you know they were giving more than they were receiving and i i guess people were were okay with that because of the whole like oh we're the evps but at the same time they they gotta win some mm-hmm. like yeah i mean they are they, still favorites you know like yeah j- just because they just because they run the company you know you, they, <laughs> we still want to see them win you know it, it's freaking it's the elite you yeah know? yeah exactly yeah no i agree with that for sure yeah, I mean, uh, th- these are all great points, gentlemen, and and and, and I think we've covered this uh, to the extent that's, that I think would be good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Excuse me, I had to sneeze. God bless you, sir. Uh, th- oh, thank you. <laughs> um, let me see here. Next match on the card. <laughs> uh, 
a a last minute addition to uh, to the card, uh, but one that uh, had a lot of hype, and I think it certainly delivered what it was supposed to achieve. Uh, Orange Cassidy took on Pack, mm-hmm. um, as Excalibur says. Uh, Orange Cassidy is the king of sloth style. Yes, he definitely mm-hmm. had. Uh, he he kept up a lot of his major tropes. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, um, it, 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 it certainly, like I said, I, I think it achieved what it needed to in the end. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I had a lot of fun with this match. I mean, uh, you, if you've seen AEW, AEW before, uh, you know, Orange Cassidy, you know, his shtick, uh, you know what you're getting yourself into, uh, with his kind of matches. And, uh, I, I'm a big, big fan of Orange Cassidy. I think he's awesome. And, uh, when I, when I saw this match, uh, announced, I was super pumped because it's it's two like polar opposite guys, you know, really. Um, but I mean, I don't really have much to say about this match. It's it's exactly what I wanted from it, you know. It, it was a great match. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, mean, was... I don't I, I don't really know what to say. It was it was exactly what I wanted. Right. I, I think that um, in the long run, right. Uh, this this only helps Orange Cassidy. Right, because he he finally got a chance to display um, a different side of himself that I don't think um, a lot of AEW fans who've only just watched AEW TV, if they if you have not seen what he does on the independent circuit, then this is um, this is a special treat <laughs> for sure. Yeah, um, he he's obviously super duper over. Like there's <laughs> there's no doubt about that, and. Pack, he certainly needed a convincing win here, and I think that's exactly what what we got out of this here. Um, fun match, good comedy spots. Um, Lucha Bros got somewhat involved at the end. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Pack's had an interesting on and off relationship with them, uh, so hopefully this leads to maybe something between Pack and Lucha Bros, maybe having a little bit of a feud with uh, the, the best friends trio. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I thought this was a this was a fun match, mm-hmm. and I feel like if you're you know if you're not a fan of Orange Cassidy, obviously you're not gonna enjoy this match because this was a this was a very Orange Cassidy match, and mm-hmm. uh, like that's the best way I could put it. Like this was very Orange Cassidy. Like he is he's so good at being himself. Yes, he's he's so good at playing up this. I don't care character and then turning it into something great when he's in a match. Mm. And that's kind of like for a long, for a long time, I was like dying for him to have a match. I mean, cause what AEW's like going to go up and going since May technically, but mm-hmm. had TV since October and he's hadn't had a match for a while, like at all. Yeah. So I was, I was clamoring for him to have a match like, and like people would tell me on Twitter, like, "Oh, it's part of the character. He doesn't need to wrestle. Like, he does need to wrestle. He, yeah, he he needs to do stuff. You know, like, yeah, just like randomly appearing on top of a ladder underneath the ring is not enough. Like, like it's it's cool. It's a it's a good spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but he or yeah. you know like randomly appearing in a broom closet during a street fight that it, it doesn't. It's not enough. He he's got this character that is so over that 
you can't not have him do what he does and like this match was evidence of that right like he's he's so good and i'm not saying he he's gonna be like a a champion or anything he doesn't even have to be a champion right he just he just has to be himself continue to be himself and do what he does in the in the ring and we need more of that no for sure and and this is a, a shining example of that because he 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 effectively did a lot um you know to i guess show off the full effect of his character because it, it's the intensity moments that that the the crowd doesn't always get a chance to see or, or that you know those moments that don't get a chance to come across on television where when he stops being the sloth the cool guy you know, putting his hands in his pockets. When when he turns it on, he turns it on, and he gave Pack a very competitive match all mm-hmm. the way through. Again, this is this is definitely a, a somewhat of a comedy match, so to speak. But when they they flipped the script and it became serious, it was pretty quality stuff. Yeah, yeah. So see, for yeah. for for fans like us, we we will enjoy this match. Jim Cornette's not going to enjoy this match. Oh no, no, not at all. Um, yeah, you I'd know, be surprised if he. I'm not convinced he enjoys anything. No, at this yeah, point. Right, like if it's not from the 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 late '70s, early to mid '80s, I yeah. think yeah. that he's he's hit his limit. Mm. Um, <laughs> uh, I mean, like I said, this this effectively you know got. Uh, I mean, this this is my notes verbatim here as far as this match. Solid match, great comedy spots. Pat came across as a great heel, and he picked up the win. This this uh, checks out all the boxes that this match needed to accomplish. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And then, of course, we have the main event. This is uh, a truly um, a very special match, I think, for a lot of different reasons. Um, John Moxley made his entrance not just from like you know the the, the crowd like he he walked from outside <laughs> yeah he walked like, into the arena yeah he walked into the <laughs> arena and then he walked past like you know the dip and dot stand and the guy selling the hot dogs and yeah. all that good stuff and um he he then strolled into the arena and and th- through the crowd where the fans are um Jericho he made an entrance uh with a a cappella choir at first, singing Judas, mm-hmm. uh, nice touch, yeah. and then they almost murdered all twelve of them by setting <laughs> off pyro and flamethrowers. Um, that would have been a a, a tragedy uh, of, of, of mass proportions, really. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, thankfully, I think the choir got away unscathed. Um, I hope they did because uh, they were very close to all of that equipment. Um, and then Jericho himself strolls out. You know, he is the the pain maker. You know, he, he was there with uh, the proud and the powerful. Mm. Uh, there were a couple of scary moments where it looked like uh, Moxley actually got busted open hard way uh, when he was thrown into the, uh, I guess it would be like an edge on the... Um, like the the ring post, mm-hmm. uh, that looked really brutal. Um, and whether this is actually Moxley selling or Moxley is dazed at this point here, uh, he was just kind of all over the place throughout the duration of the match. And Jericho had to do a lot of helping. Yeah, uh, and, and I'm I'm glad you brought that up because, uh, like you said, I'm not really sure if uh, he was actually you know that dazed or. 
if he's just like the best seller in the world. But uh, you know, there were spots where he was like his legs were like shaking just standing up, you know. And uh there there was a lot of times where, you know, uh the the match wasn't it, we weren't very far into the match, but he was staying down, you know, a lot. Uh and, and it definitely picked up, you know, uh especially towards the end for sure. Uh and he did, you know, get some some like explosive comebacks or, or whatever. Yeah. Um, I, I'm really curious to hear the story of what happened in there because at the end of the match, you do finally see the, the gash in all its glory. Oh, it's bad. It's rough. It, it's a bad gash. <laughs> it's rough. So, I mean, if, if it comes out that Moxley actually was just like super dazed and just like really out of it. Yeah. I would not be surprised. Color me surprised. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and then there was a Jericho power bombs him through the, the, the uh, uh, the timekeeper table, yeah. uh, and uh, his his back landed square on that bell, and that couldn't have been good. No. Um, lots of good brawling. Um, Moxie, of course, made his comebacks. Uh, finish comes with uh, um, Moxley hits the paradigm shift after being blinded in both eyes. He was finally able to make a comeback, and then or he, so we thought. Yes, he 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 shows the crowd. That uh, and lifts his eye patch off to reveal that he could see all along. Oh, da 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 da. Yes. Um, and then he hits the, I guess the inverted uh, paradigm shift, the the, the 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 high angle paradigm shift rather, uh, and picked up the one, two, three, and we have a new AEW champion. Yes. Wow. Yes. Huge highlight in the career of John Moxley. Well deserved, I think, here. Um, Mike, thoughts on the match and, and, and kind of where we go from here for, for Moxley, for uh, Jericho, Inner Circle, anything? Well, the match was great. Uh, I, yes. I, I loved a lot of the the storytelling, the, the, the back and forth action, the everything about this match was was so good and um i i'm curious to see where i i don't know if jericho's gonna get a rematch rematch right out the gate or uh i don't know how that you know how they're gonna do that in AEW. um that i'm curious about that obviously he's gonna he's gonna be complaining on wednesday like a lot like he does and <laughs> yeah <laughs> um I, I don't. I I want to know so bad where this is gonna go, but I'm I'm very happy for Moxley. Uh, I was very unsure if he was gonna win, because of just how good Jericho's been as the top guy. Um, I mean, I love I love Moxley. He's one of he's one of my favorites in AEW. One of my favorites ever, and I was very very happy for him. Um. The, the thing with the eye patch kind of I was growing I was growing very um, impatient with when he was gonna lose the eye patch because like I mean he lost it during his match with Minoru Suzuki and he looked fine so yeah, yeah people kind of knew that it was like being over it was over exaggerated for a while and um I mean, they played it up that he had that whole eye for an eye thing with Santana, and it kind of, kind of, I just thought it went too long with the eye patch. 
Hmm. Yeah, so. I can definitely agree with that. I will say though, I'm glad that the the final like taking off the eye patch. I'm glad that was an actual event. Yes. And he didn't just like oh, yeah. come out one week and, and just, you know, bam, he doesn't have it anymore. Yeah. Like it was, it was still, it was still important when he took it off. It was well received when it happened because people were like expecting that to happen at some point. Mm-hmm. And it was like kind of like a reveal, quote unquote. Yes. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it, it was everything about this match. I loved it. Um, and I love Moxley at the end with his promo and just everything Moxley does. I, I, I'm at the edge of my seat cause I want to see where, what he's going to do next. Mm, yeah, yeah. And even though like the gash on his face or was very like, I mean, it, it was bad, but it made him look good. Like, I mean, it, yeah. it, it, it made his, it made him it was very Moxley of him. Right. It was very Moxley. It was very, you know, he, he came across as a total badass for, for having it, right? Yeah. And, and for and for continuing to go through the match, even though that, that thing was nasty. And yeah. I think there, there were yeah. parts where he, there was something strange during the match where he was flicking at his gash. I guess mm-hmm. to, to cause more bleeding, but then he also had like I don't know if it was glass or something. There was something protruding out of his finger mm-hmm. that he had to pick out and like throw throw away. I don't know what that was. I thought he almost <clears throat> like like it looked like he like almost dislocated his finger and was like going to pop it in place. But Ooh. then like but mm. then when he like shook it out, it it and like it looked like he pulled something out of it. So that's I'm that's what I thought. Maybe maybe some sure. skin. Maybe maybe maybe, maybe. He had a yeah. giant cut and he had lost some skin. But that that was a lot. Of, if it was skin, that was a lot. Right. Um. A, a couple things here. Um. Uh, ba- you know, based on some of the stuff that you had said, Mike. Um. Major props to Moxley. First off, for carrying out a very old school throwback on like maintaining things in and out of the ring because we we constantly saw moxley whether it be um you know during an interview or you know in another company like new japan you know he always had the eye patch um whether i I, he i wouldn't doubt that he probably traveled with the eye patch on right um that would make a lot of sense so like this is a great throwback to like the old school yeah this is legit i don't you know i can't see right now and again yeah this is continuity ladies and gentlemen like a hundred percent yes this is this is a this is a throwback to keeping things um you know in kayfabe Mm -hmm. uh in and out of the ring so big props to him uh secondly during that promo it was almost like he was waiting to see if somebody was gonna come out because like his he he kept cutting his promo short and then he looked up the ramp and then like nobody came and then he was like all right see you later and then like (laughs) his music started playing he's like wait wait f this you know yeah he was like what the <laughs> f f this ish and like he starts cutting the promo again and then he finally leaves mm-hmm. uh because apparently it was beer o'clock and whiskey time it was both so <laughs> yes. don't yeah, yeah. Uh, be safe out there mox <laughs> yeah i mean man i mean with that gash on his face like man you deserve yeah, whiskey if, like if, if anybody deserves it it's mox yes but goodness take an uber okay. <laughs> um so yeah no and and i did really like that uh that promo at the end of the match too because like um obviously moxley's a fan favorite like that's right there there's no doubt about that for sure but his his character in aew uh and in new japan to a certain extent has always been 
you know, I'm in it for myself. It, it's me, 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 uh, and you know, f everybody else. You know, I, right. I'm, I'm here for myself. I'm here to you know uh, just run a train through the roster for for me. Right. You know? uh, it, but then right afterwards, he cut that promo saying like, you know, this is this isn't my title. This is y'all's. Uh, y'all are the most important part of the AEW family, and uh, it's not exactly a face turn because he was already like he already got like crazy pops from everyone, and everyone loved him. Yeah. But, but now it's like it's like cemented that like Moxley is, is a good guy. He's always been a baby face. He's yeah. a, he's an anti hero is really what it is, mm-hmm. right? Like he's mm-hmm. he's I, I mean everybody kind of leans on this here but he is like the stone cold steve austin right he's the anti-hero he's the ass kicker basically right Mm -hmm. you see the same thing in nxt with Tommaso champa right yeah yeah he he's not you know champa treads the line between good and evil you know simply because you want to see him accomplish what he you know what what he needs to do right right um but at the same time he does things not that that aren't necessarily like um like white meat baby face kind of things, right? Um, yeah, he he just doesn't uh, he just doesn't doesn't come across like a like a true baby face, and that's exactly kind of how John Moxley comes across as well, mm-hmm. uh, for the most part. Um, yeah, props to to Moxley. Um, as far as Jericho goes, I think that um, while there will be a certain section of fans who are saying, you know, hey, this is you know, this is dumb, like, you know, Jericho's the GOAT, he could have continued to hold the title until Kenny, you know, beats him, or Hangman beats him, or whoever, I think this was the right time to do it, I mean, you, you, Jericho put over, win or lose, uh, the guys who needed to be put over, he had the matches that needed to be done, right, Mm -hmm. Um, this is not goodbye to Jericho by any stretch of the imagination. No, right? definitely not. But but he he did the match with Cody. He did the match with Kenny. He did the match with Hangman. Mm-hmm. He made the inner circle. He's accomplished a lot in a very short amount of time. Yeah. Um, no, absolutely. And I think uh, you know, like you said, there are going to be the people that are like, "Well, what's freaking Chris Jericho? Why the hell did he lose the title?" But at the same time, Judas you know, in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but at the same time, like. He did what he was there for, right. you know, and, and not right. in the sense that like they're gonna bury Jericho now, but like no, he was there to validate that title, and he did that. Yeah, hundred you know? percent. And and I mean, he was successful in that. And, and like you said, this is not the end of Jericho. You know, he's still gonna be around. He's still gonna be a top guy in AEW. Um, but I, I do agree with you. This was the this was the time, and this was the right person to to drop the title to. Well, and 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 to my larger point here too, you look at like um, like what what you can do now with Moxley, right? Like you know, you just signed Lance Archer. We know Lance Archer and John Moxley can go, right? Let's say you sign Jeff Cobb to a deal. Jeff Cobb and John Moxley can definitely go. Oh man. Uh yeah. you know, you've got matchups that are still lingering like you know, I mean Pack, John Moxley versus Pack is an excellent match that you can go back to the well for. John Moxley and Kenny Omega are nowhere even close to being done. Mm-hmm. I think that that you know, the um the match that they had, right? The lights out match that they had 
was only the beginning chapter. Mm -hmm. This is something that they can certainly also still go back to the well for. So Moxley is a guy that you can put on, put that title on. And heck, over time, I I almost certainly know that he's going to be more and more heelish as time goes on. That's the natural state of champions. You you yeah. wait for them to you wait for the challenger uh, to gain that title, and you sometimes just want to see them get beat on their day, right? Um, but who knows? Uh, we'll have to just wait and see where this goes. Really, mm-hmm. um, yeah. I guess uh, any closing thoughts on the show, gentlemen? Um, I just I I thought all around it was a very good show, other than the women's title match and parts of the opening match. Like mm-hmm. everything else, like had it had some great spots, some great storytelling, some mm-hmm. some great matches all around. Like I I thought it was a pretty great show. Yeah. Yes. No, I mean I, I completely agree. And and me just being a super fan of Moxley, finally, finally seeing him grab that title off of Jericho and, and just now being able to, like you said, pursue so many different routes with that title and with that title picture, uh man. I, I'm I'm more excited for AEW than I've ever been. Like I'm it's this is great. Yeah. You can also tell that he's having a lot of fun. Yes, one hundred percent. And he's like he he's been saying like like even before he won this belt he's he was saying like this is gonna mean more to me than winning the WWE title because it's just it's just so like he's happy to be there he's excited about where it's gonna go and he he doesn't feel trapped anymore yeah and mm-hmm. and he was able to do it his way yeah 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 definitely. Mm-hmm. No, hundred uh, percent. The the next uh, big thing on John Moxley's agenda, obviously, there's a lot. There's gonna be a lot of fallout on AEW's part. Where this goes, who knows? Uh, but let's not forget, uh, John Moxley, your new AEW champion. He will actually be making a little trip over to OTT to take on their champion, David Starr, uh, here in just a few short weeks. Uh, this will be quite an interesting contest here uh, between two champions. We'll have to see where the politics gets in all of this between the two companies. I'm sure it'll they'll work it out. Yeah. But that makes for a very intriguing match that I'm very excited about. David Starr, John Moxley, OTT Wrestling. Folks, if you haven't seen it, you got to check it out. Yes. You Hopefully you've seen the David Starr and Jordan Devlin match where David Starr won the title in the first place because that match is killer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, if, you, if you haven't, please, please go check it out and subscribe to OTT Wrestling. It's 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 like cheaper than WWE Network, and you'll probably have a lot more fun, and you'll get to see you know a lot of <laughs> new faces uh, as well. Um, speaking of WWE Network, uh, Cancel WWE Network was trending once again this week because... Of WWE Super Showdown. Um, Now, we won't dive deeply into the story of what all transpired there. I mean, it's it's certainly made the rounds already. I mean, you had Goldberg come back and squash AJ Styles um, to win that the 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 trophy. Mm. You know, the the big trophy. You had Taker. You mean Taker? Taker. Yeah. 
who'd I say? Goldberg. You said Goldberg. Goldberg. Yeah. Well, Gold, Goldberg. It might have well as been Goldberg. Right. Right. Um, <laughs> it's it, the same thing. It, yeah. yeah. Undertaker. Yeah. Destroyed AJ Styles. Um, Brock Lesnar laid waste to Ricochet. Um, and the pattern of old men beating up young men doesn't end there. Uh, Goldberg uh, beats the Fiend in roughly less less than five minutes to win the WWE Universal Championship. And, and again, yeah. we're not going to get too into this. I don't. I to don't want to get super. To into be this. fair, I didn't even watch the the show. I, me I, either. Me personally, I I, I si- specifically I, do not watch the Saudi Arabian shows. I sent you the text message, Steve, and I was like, "Hey, Goldberg just won the Universal title," mm-hmm. and you're like, "That's awful." Yeah, <laughs> I was like, "That's yeah." yeah I mean, it's not uh, wrong. I, I just want to say real quick. Um, what they've done with the fiend is atrocious, and I cannot believe that they've mishandled him this badly. I'm I'm gonna leave it at that because I don't want to get too into it, but like it's yeah. a travesty it's what they've done with this character. WWE to a T. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, they don't know. I mean, they don't know how to handle these characters or these guys that that are the future of their business. Yeah. And then you got guys that. 53-year-old guys who have only had seven matches in four years, Mm -hmm. and he's a champion. Yeah. I I do also want to point out that the top two belts in the company are both held by part-timers, so that's cool. Mm -hmm. Well, And didn't, like, when, um, and, and, and I'm sure those who did watch the Super Showdown show, you probably also saw SmackDown the next day. Uh, Thankfully, they were able to get out of Saudi Arabian time this time around. Um, but uh, if I'm not mistaken, weren't there chance of you both suck when Roman Reigns confronted Goldberg? That was a thing, right? Like, yeah. like nobody, yes. everybody else heard that. Okay, cool. Yes. Um, so Roman comes out and he's like, he's like, who's next? I'm next. And everybody's like, Oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so that'll be a thing. I, yeah, you just bury I, him. I, I guess to the point WWE were like let's just not have an elimination chamber match. Let's just announce this match now. Like Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Why? Like it's, it's I don't the, nobody the thing is nobody wants this match. Like r- right. nobody Oh nobody man, the was, Superman punch it's like it's like my thing. I I'm just all about it. <laughs> I'm it's like and my favorite thing. I got no, I love I have nothing against Roman. I love the guy. He's he's very good at what he does. But mm. this isn't the match. Like the, we don't want to see this. We don't want to see spear versus spear. Right. And that's how they're going to build it. You know that's oh, how yeah. they're going to build it. 100%. And and it's going to be very annoying because Goldberg is barely going to be there. Mhm. <laughs> right. See, like my I don't have a problem with Roman Reigns like personally as a person. He's fine. I yeah. do not like Roman Reigns. Like I, I just, oh. I get, I get absolutely nothing from him. I don't like him, and, and so hmm. this, this constant pushing him and, and just putting him in the limelight, j- just like stomping on everyone else and just like fast passing him into the main event. Uh, I hate it. Like it, hmm. it is what it is. Uh, I know a lot of people like Roman Reigns. I'm sorry, I don't. This, this match, Roman Reigns versus Goldberg, like. I'm going to watch it because it's my job to watch it, but hard, hard pass. Ain't doing nothing for you, huh? Absolutely nothing. Yeah. 
Well. It, it's it's just like I don't know. It Roman. I mean, he was feuding with Baron Corbin for like five months. Five years. That, yeah, it felt like that, right? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. It, it it felt like that because it was just going on way too long, and they were talking about dog food and like, <laughs> it, it, like stop it. Like, no. First of all, nobody wanted that feud to begin with because nobody likes Baron Corbin. Right. At but all. not even and, not and even like. The good sense of not liking him. In, no, it's in not the sense... a heel thing. No, it's, it's not, not a heel thing. He, we just don't like him. Yeah, it, yeah. it like if if he... Baron Corbin went away for like a year, nobody would notice. He, he, he turned <laughs> Chad Gable into Shorty G for Christ's sake. I can never forgive him for that. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> uh, but but Roman, I mean Roman's the guy. He's he's the locker room leader. He's the face of the company. He's he's everything. He's Vince McMahon's everything. Yeah. yeah. At this point. And yeah, I mean more power to him, you know. Whatever. And <laughs> I I the guys I I like his his work in the ring for the most part and I get the whole like they 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 push him way too much and whatever like Yeah. I feel like this whole thing of like getting him back into the title picture is like we're sorry for Baron Corbin. <laughs> like <laughs> Perhaps, yeah. Perhaps, this is yeah, very, yeah. This is this is very like Undertaker, like not being happy about feuding with people, like that, like when Undertaker would be the guy that they would put in feuds with guys that needed to get over, but they were bad. Like it, like, it seems like very, Sid Vicious, <laughs> like like Sid Vicious, like Heidenreich, like, oh. <laughs> like you know, like whenever Undertaker would be great, Kali. Whenever Undertaker would be in a match or a feud with somebody that just didn't have it, and it was like, all right, what do you want? Like, you know, it it, it feels like that. Mm. Like, and it's just, I, SmackDown in general. Yeah. (laughs) I I mean, I I agree. Like, like SmackDown's a, it's a bit of a tough watch recently. Mm. Um you know, but uh, you know, we we all move on. We all we'll, we'll see where this goes. Yeah. I mean, um, I think what a lot of people are upset about is you know the and this is the the same argument that I've seen time and time again. Um, they took the fiend, the most creative character that they've had in ages, and they buried him, and he's dead now. But bye bye, fiend, and people are so upset. And look, if you've been a diehard Bray Wyatt fan, then yeah, I mean, I can see your point. Um, least we forget, even though times are bleak for up and coming stars, um, this is this is not the end, of, you know, of the fiend. This is not, you know, he's going away forever. Heck, he's he just entered into a new feud with John Cena. As of SmackDown. So, I mean, it's, you know, I know that's like a major consolation prize, right? Um, But at the same time, I mean, there have been people who have bounced back from similar occasions. And um, let's not go too far with, you know, this guy is falling because The Fiend lost the title to Goldberg. I get it. The Goldberg Roman Reigns match is probably not going to be a, 
a five star thirty minute classic. It's it's gonna be big meaty men slapping meat. Exactly. That's what I want. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Except it's not all what we want. <laughs> That's that might be part of the problem. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. I mean- Fiend should have never had the title in the first place, but well, that's, a, that's that's a conversation for a different day. That's my entire argument: mm-hmm. is the Fiend shouldn't have a been in the match with Seth Rollins in the first place to put him in the title picture. The Fiend is a character who, in all actuality, he could go his entire the rest of his entire career and not hold the title. And if you build him correctly, in that he's there to be a monster, he he like feasts on the fear of everybody who he hunts down lesser mortals right yeah exactly in that regard the fiend is a perfect character but when you start putting him into these like title picture scenes especially this early on in the character's development then you get the perpetual notion of hey this guy he's not just important he's like a crucial figure who can wield power and now that you 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 have him beat Seth Rollins and Seth Rollins loses the title to him and uh, and now and now Seth Rollins is doing this whole thing where now he's magically Jay White somehow and <laughs> and then <laughs> you have this whole thing where he he beats Daniel Bryan and takes his hair and then he you know <laughs> You do all these things here, and and the fiend leaves a path of destruction in his wake. It's 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 great, but you could have done that all without the title in the first place. And yes, Seth Rollins was holding the title in the first place. And yes, they messed up the Hell in a Cell match terribly. But just because you did that to the fiend doesn't mean you have to put the title on him. You just have to beat Seth Rollins, right? You just have to give an equal pound of flesh <laughs> to, to to the fans for for botching that whole match in the first place. But you put the title on him. And now he's he became far more important than what I think he actually should have been. And then, you know, we all know that <sighs> When he was going to lose that title, no matter who it was to, it was going to come crashing down and the fans are were going to not have it. The good news is this. They did it on an occasion, and this is the silver lining that nobody wants to hear. They did it on an occasion far away from the U.S. in a pay-per-view that very few people would watch, but they're definitely going to talk about it. And there was not an adverse fan reaction to it. There was not, I mean, the crowd was very accepting of Goldberg beating The Fiend for the title. Whereas if, and heaven forbid, if The Fiend lost the title to Roman Reigns at WrestleMania on such a stage, or if <laughs> if, if, if The Fiend lost the title to Goldberg at WrestleMania, I mean... The, it would have been far worse. Th- there would have been a riot yeah, in yeah. the crowd. There would have been people absolutely pissed. Yeah, that is a fair point. <coughs> so, I don't know. I just wanted to give my two cents on that here. Um, Mike, I know that you especially wanted to come on today's show uh, to talk <laughs> about this. Um, in, in fact, we have a, we have a tweet uh, a Twitter thread here. 
saying, uh, yeah, we're giving you guys a chance to let your voice be heard on the next episode of Headlock Talk. Sound off below your thoughts on Super Showdown, Goldberg, The Fiend, all that good stuff. And, of course, you noted that you wish that you had a mic so you could come on the show and really give your thoughts about how angry you were. So, Mike, this is your spotlight time here in the sun <laughs> to, to, to talk all uh, about how you feel. <laughs> uh, well, I remember exactly what I was doing and where I was when I heard the news. And this sounds like you're I, about to I, talk I, about like the Kennedy assassination or like <laughs> 9-11, like <laughs> the Hindenburg well, or the Titanic. I mean, this might as well be that in a, in a wrestling sense. <laughs> in a wrestling but, context. Yeah. Um, and I, I was literally like, my friend was texting me while I was at work and I texted him back and I said, um, I'm really aggravated. And he goes, why? I said, Goldberg just won the title. And he's like, no, really? Are you, are you kidding? Are you, are you messing with me? No, I'm not messing with you. And he, he was like, he's like, no effing way. Like, <laughs> yeah, it, it happened. Like it happened and i remember feeling not not like immediate anger because mm. i was at work but um just feeling like Vince McMahon really doesn't like his fans does he like and that that's that's immediately where i went and i even like i even tagged him in a tweet on a wwe tweet and told him that <laughs> I mean, Vince probably doesn't see my tweets ever. He probably doesn't see anything because he's got somebody handling his Twitter. But um, facts. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I was just like, "This isn't it." That like, and like you guys said earlier, we got two part-time champions, and neither of them are ever around long enough to to make me care um brock lesnar same deal like brock lesnar should have stopped being champion long ago but that's neither here nor there we're we're talking about goldberg well he Um, technically did but then they just put the other title on him well that whatever yeah exactly (laughs) exactly which makes it even worse but exactly i'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) exactly my point but yeah, it, it was just like as, as soon as this match was announced, I was like kind of concerned because we we know that WWE likes to do these things where they like, you know, no, Survivor Series 2016 all over again. Goldberg beats Brock Lesnar with two spears and a jackhammer like they like to do these things. And they do it because they think that it's going to pop a number and and more people are going to at social media numbers and people are going to talk about it. And the whole, the whole thing about this is, is that there was nobody talking anything good about this. There was no positive outlook after this happened because nobody wants like, especially a guy who's already in the hall of fame and he's clearly only here for the money. He's only had seven matches in four years. That's and he's had two title reigns in that time, where he won the won the title and then lost it immediately. And that that's probably going to happen again. And it's like, why even bother putting it on him? 
this match, if you wanted to have this match, you didn't need the belt. And the same thing could be said about like the Cain Velasquez match. That didn't need a belt. That that didn't even need to happen, but it didn't need a belt. Right. And it's like the these are the things that like Vince McMahon wants to do, but we don't care about them. Only he does. And yes, it, it, it brings in the money. That's because that's what he cares about. It brings in the money. It brings mm. in the this, that, the other thing. But it's not what we want to see. We right. We we want to see guys that are working hard to be where they are and earn these opportunities. Like you give Ricochet this opportunity to be in the ring with Brock Lesnar, and and, and then you do and then you do that. Yeah, Brock and just like, shuts him down. You like. And you talk up the fact that he always has good matches with smaller guys because they even said on TV, oh, uh, he had this great match with AJ Styles. He had this great match with Daniel Bryan. He had this great match with Finn Balor, even though he won all of those. Sure. But then you do this with Ricochet and you were kind of just like, oh, let's let's get the fans hopes up that Ricochet even stands a chance because mm. we knew that he didn't. Yeah. There was no, there was no way it was going to be Ricochet versus Drew McIntyre at WrestleMania, but even though that's the, way more interesting, of course it is. Yeah, because those two guys actually care about about the business, right? Well, and 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 here's something else too, and I and I saw this tweet as well, and 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 maybe it's in this thread, maybe it's not. I I don't know. But there was somebody, and it could have been you, Mike. I, I'm not quite sure. My memory's just like fading. Ain't what as, it used to be as the days go by. Um, but uh, like somebody had put, since when did main event world heavyweight title matches just become five minutes or less with just finishers? Like that's how I feel. Mm-hmm. Most Brock Lesnar matches go. That's how I feel. You know Goldberg's match, all of his matches since he's done his comeback run have gone. Um, you know, and and then of course you know both matches at Super Showdown uh, between Brock and um, Ricochet and the one with uh, Prey and uh, Goldberg. That's essentially what those were too. Yeah, I um, mean to be fair, mm-hmm. that it was only about two thirds of a jackhammer, but. <laughs> yeah. And Seth Rollins had a tweet like, oh, if only I had used a jackhammer. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And like there was um, I heard I don't remember where I heard it. I might have heard it on another podcast. But somebody said, like, if you're going to do this and give Goldberg the title, then he should have faced Bray Wyatt and not mm. the Fiend. Like because you kind of hurt the Fiend yes. by having him like because when he that's faced Seth point. Rollins. Yeah, that's an amazing point. When he when he faced Seth Rollins, he even though they stopped the match and he was down after like what like twelve stomps, I lost count. But <laughs> um, you know, like you could have had just the Firefly Funhouse Bray Wyatt just like take a beating and it and nobody would have cared like as much as they care now because mm-hmm. the Fiend is supposed to be this special character that shouldn't lose in that way and again like i said he 
the the Hell in the Cell match with with Seth, despite how bad it was, like he he didn't lose the match. They stopped the match for whatever reason, and it still made the it didn't help anybody, but it still made the character look strong. And mm-hmm. I, that's what they were, that's what they were going for. But this just made just made him like like he can you know like he can beat Seth in a street fight but he can't beat a 53-year-old guy in a 5-minute match. Right. <laughs> you know. Like You're speaking from from like my soul right now like, <laughs> like like you're channeling Steven. Oh my god. Like I agree a thousand percent with everything you've just said. Like cuz the whole match was what four spears and two jackhammers. That was the match. That was it. Yeah. And right. One and two thirds jackhammers. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, I can't let that a joke ja- go. A, a, a jackhammer and a suplex. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Uh, it's but, yeah. It's yeah, interesting, it, man. It's 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 all very interesting. We'll, we'll have to see where we go from here. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, the road looks pretty clear, like it or not. Unfortunately, um, hopefully they can they can do better with Ricochet. Hopefully they can do better with the Fiend. Um, I think the Fiend is definitely gonna you know have his uh, his proper uh, match with. Um, John Cena, that'll be a, a point of contention for the Fiend to get kind of a win back, and hopefully he's back in some kind of contention at some point in the future. I, I mean, but even then, I, I I don't think the Fiend is a character that needs to have the title. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't need to have any another title reign anytime soon. But oh. I will say the thing that I love that they are doing with him is that he's acknowledging like his past with people that he's feuding with Mm -hmm. and he's doing the same thing with john cena on twitter he's like you know he's like i didn't forget what you did to me Mm -hmm. like what was six years ago at this point now like which is crazy but like so i i like that aspect of the fiend and i think that 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 is working for him Oh, for sure. Like I said, yeah. he's one of the, by far the most creative characters that WWE's had in a long, long time. Bray deserves a hundred percent credit for for that. And uh, yeah, I mean, you know, cheers to the hard work. Um, it, it's uh, it's time to I think take a new direction. Um, oh, and just one other thing, it's safe uh-huh. to say that WWE creative would not have been able to come up with this character. It mm. it like. If 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 Bray Wyatt was not on TV still and they were trying to find something to do with him, whatever they would have come up with would have not even compared to this. So Bray Wyatt, yeah, Bray Wyatt deserves one hundred percent. Like just for the creative creativity alone, he he deserves everything. Oh yeah. well, I mean, they, they don't even really know how to write for the character, let alone mm. write the character. Right. You know what well, I they mean? Don't, they don't know how to write for anyone, so... Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. These these are all amazing <laughs> points, gentlemen. Um, I promised shout-outs, so so I'm definitely, I definitely need to give shout-outs here and, and read out these tweets. Uh, lots of feedback here regarding The Fiend, Goldberg, Super Showdown, 
etc. Uh, the Matt DeLorean at the illustrious G40 on Twitter uh, says it's plain, it's it's bullshit, plain and simple, fellas. Bray rebuilds his entire career, becomes the best thing going uh, on a long time, uh, only to be squashed by a three move set part timer. Bullshit, I tell you. Yes. Uh, facts. This is the, the feedback. <laughs> um, X Smarks the Spot Wrestling Podcast on Twitter at Smark Henry eighty five. Uh, I blame us for this. <laughs> Possibly, it's possible. <laughs> um, everything pro wrestling uh, podcast on Twitter at EPW Show. Um, our good buddy Conrad. Uh, he's he's certainly awesome. How you doing, Conrad? Uh, he simply uh, put the uh, trash can emoji. There you go. I think that's enough said. Also facts. <laughs> also facts. Uh, <laughs> uh, Steve's wrestling ramble at the ramble underscore WWE. Uh, he says my thoughts, and he quote tweets uh, Stephen C. Coplin at Army Strong Army underscore Strong underscore 06 uh, i'm not a big fan of uh, at bray uh, wwe bray wyatt uh, um, that most know uh, but i still believe that he was going to win at super showdown uh, on this day uh, but in the end i do say congrats to goldberg and maybe have him face roman reigns at wrestlemania 36 in the main event that would be epic as heck to me so Somebody's a fan out there right. uh, of this match. Uh, More hey. power to you, dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, Josh Robinson at Josh Robinson zero zero. Hopefully, he forgives me for my Australian accent last week. Oi, oi! <laughs> We're going down under. <laughs> We're continuing that this week, by the way. Love you, Josh. And lo- much love to Josh out there. Um, he simply says, "Feel free to use any of my tweets uh, from today." Sums it up for me. Uh, Josh went on a long streak of very sad tweets. As we as we know, Josh is a very positive person when it comes to wrestling. So see him so gloom was uh, quite sad. So I gave him the the I sent him the gif of the two dogs hugging, just to, to you know. He seemed like he needed it. He needed it. Yeah. Uh, our friend JPQ at Big Paws on a Pup on Twitter. Uh, howdy JPQ. Uh, he used a gif of uh, the movie Twister <laughs> where they're looking at the storm. In shock and awe. Um, I didn't know what movie it was at first. I had a feeling it was Twister, but I it's been so long since I've seen that movie. Like I said, my memory is just dead uh-huh. at this point. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Pedro uh, Ferreira uh, on Twitter, if I mispronounced your name, I'm, I do apologize. Uh, at Pedro JCF. Uh, Super Showdown was a weak show overall like the rest. I understand why The Fiend lost at Goldberg, but it will always be uh, a salty finish. That jackhammer. Jesus Christ. What the hell was that? Uh, unfortunately, this is what we get. Yep. Uh, f- fair. Um, let me see here. I am Carnage on Twitter at Guru Bajan. Uh, says... At WWE did the same shit to at True Kofi with uh, at Brock Lesnar. Uh, not true faith in the full-time wrestlers. What a shame. Yes. Uh, Man, all of our followers are just spitting facts right now. <laughs> uh, Mike Crum at CD Piglet on Twitter uh, says, uh, he actually posts a gif here, uh, which simply just says, well, it was a pretty terrible experience. <laughs> 
Um, let me see here. I am Carnage. Uh, uh, Guru Bajan uh, also says, really loved Goldberg from WCW, awesome wrestler, but he is a part-timer, and that's an insult for all the hard work uh, at WWE Bray Wyatt. Uh, put into developing The Fiend, then to be beaten in two minutes by a slam, not the jackhammer. Vince clearly just want to make it look good for at Roman Reigns. Mm. Yes, yep. yes, this is the logic here, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, at Jeff, or Jeff, rather, at DFDCJP, uh, he used the meme uh, of uh, uh, Ron Burgundy being trapped in the uh, telephone booth. It says that he's, a, he's in a glass box of emotions. <laughs> yes, I agree. Uh, uh, I believe this name here is uh, Jaegermy. Uh, Yagrami, at Yagrami, use the gift, uh, gift rather. Boo this man, followed by the boo. Mm. Right, Um, almost. uh, We got almost all of these caught up here. Just a few more. Uh, Steve Nelson at Killjoy, nineteen sixty nine. They booked a death of the most creative character in the past five years. They are losing tons of money on the merch not counting the viewership ratings. Uh, all to placate to have some returning star taking the belt uh, from Goldberg at WrestleMania. If that's... Uh, it's, it's like they want to lose the company. Um, yes and no. Um, I mean, I don't think they're hinging all of this about re- you know Roman Reigns returning. I think the merch and the viewership being low is, a, is symptomatic of uh, just terrible planning overall and perpetually booking themselves into a corner that is just like a, like a, a hellscape basically at this point unfortunately um, more from Guru Bajan <laughs> this was a very popular thread for Guru uh, here uh, I am Carnage it, it, it they say it would be a way better match for Wrestlemania for Bray Wyatt uh, versus Roman Reigns, not Goldberg. That is not even uh, uh, that is not even part time, but two match year wrestler. What does that say about the SmackDown locker room? It says that it is very thin. That's what it says. But it's not. Um, yes and no. I right? mean, you you could argue that the draft was <coughs> very poorly done, and. Mm. You, you thought maybe they would stack SmackDown, and instead they kind of stacked Raw, which yeah. did, didn't make much sense. <laughs> yes, I, I would agree with that. Um, yeah, and, and, and they, they make NXT look good. So, you know, NXT is always looking good, I think. True, true. Um, yeah. Let me see here. Uh, Michael Hoffman at Mikey Blue Eyes 01. They ought to make it a four way. Both belts on the line. Lesnar, Drew, Goldberg, and Roman. Now that's money, and Fiend gets winner at the next pay per view. No, because that's going to mean Brock two belts, and <laughs> absolutely not. Brocky two belts. Nobody claps. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, Hyridge um, at uh, H Y R E D G, or or maybe that's High Red G. Hi, Ridge, <laughs> on, on Twitter. Um, Goldberg and Lesnar, uh, champions, and Megadeth and Metallica on tour. 2020 is awesome. Somebody's seeing the silver lines here. All right. Yes. <laughs> uh, Luna NYC at Luna BXNY. Uh, I didn't see it. I was at work, and my husband told me 
all the clusterfuckery. Nice, use nice of the word. word. Yeah. What in the bluest of hell is WWE thinking? I'm starting to wonder. Do these? Um, I can't say this other word here. Uh, have a put slash call on their own stock and are trying to make it um, go as low on purpose. Um, that's illegal. That's 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 what that is. That's that's right. That's illegal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let me see here. Sensitionio. Uh, uh, on Twitter at David Barry seventy three, I didn't watch it, but the fact that a Jewish man defeated a demon clown for the title in Saudi Arabia, no one was killed, is impressive. He, yes, I was impressed. Progressive. <laughs> um, I, I know a lot of others uh, have uh, put in a lot of other work into putting tweets into this thread uh I, we just simply don't have the time to go through all of these but yes these these sum up um all of the feelings yeah uh i will tag everybody uh who replied in this thread uh to the show episode when we post it up on twitter uh for its official launch so definitely shout out to everybody who got involved i just want to make sure we we ran through uh some of these tweets here um we got to go home and close out this show, but it would not be an episode of Headlock Talk without uh, our favorite closing segment. I like it. You like it. I do. I do. <laughs> I do like it a lot. It is, of course, if wishes were fishes. It's underwater. Uh, now, this is, of course, Mike's first time around with uh, If Wishes Were Fishes, and uh, just so that way everybody knows the rules, whether you've uh, listened to Headlock Talk before, uh, from the beginning, or whether this is your very first episode, uh, we play this game called If Wishes Were Fishes, where we each take turns making wrestling-related wishes, and the others grade them, yes, in terms of fishes. Yes. A very fun game. Yes. <laughs> <coughs> with that said uh, Steven Mike do you have any wishes that are just jumping right out of your brain your chest you know, like, like salmon up a stream mm, mm. <laughs> good segue good segue I, I try that was good yes, that's, that's uh, right. well I, I have one yes let's do uh, this I'm so excited <laughs> <laughs> uh, if wishes were fishes next year's Wrestlemania would have no part timers on it ooh what a wish! What a that is a, Mike, mm, Mike, man. Mike looking big picture here you, for real. I, <laughs> I know, I know it's a stretch because this year we're gonna have like five. I right. Think. Uh, I know. I think Beth Phoenix is gonna have a match. Edge is gonna have a match. Mm. Uh, Goldberg, Brock Lesnar, Taker. That that's a lot, and there's a lot of talent that is just there that is not being used and are very talented and you never know who's going to leave. You never know who's going to stay, but there's a lot of guys that are being misused. I mean, an overabundance Mm -hmm. and I just, I'm tired of part-timers being there and taking spots. And um, I mean, I, I said the other day that I don't include John Cena in that, in that field because John Cena, at least when he comes back, he does it for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. And he, and he doesn't come back like, you know, like every month or whatever. 
for right. one match or whatever. He comes back for the big shows, and if he has a match, he has a match. But well, and he also I, doesn't hold the title for a year and have four matches. You know, yes, exactly. So, yeah, I exactly. Agree with that. Exactly. But uh, Taker, he's. 53 doesn't really need to do it anymore he's done everything Mm -hmm. goldberg is already a hall of famer and who knows how much money he's made for the saudi arabia shows alone he doesn't need to do it anymore um brock lesnar don't even get me started (laughs) (laughs) i won't because it'll get me started (laughs) yeah I, I mean, you've you've definitely given this wish validity and justification for oh, sure, yeah. and and, and I uh, I applaud you for thinking grand scale in all of this here. Uh-huh. Um, hands down, you know, four killer whales, uh, some <laughs> some killer fishes for a killer wish for sure. Yeah, I, I was gonna give I mean, five blue whales <laughs> for a whale of a wish. Ah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I know it's it's asking a lot. Because I mean, The Rock still wants to wrestle again. Amen. So that, that's what this segment's all about: wishing, it's, dreaming. It's a wish, dreaming yep. big. That's what, yeah, that's what it's all about. No, I I love that wish, yeah, man. Same. Uh, Steven. Yes. Do you have a wish? I do. Mm-hmm. I do. Now, I do want to say it's not quite as grand as, as Mike's. <laughs> I mean, neither one of our wishes is probably going to be as grand <laughs> as Mike's. Um, <laughs> th- this is just an aesthetic thing coming off of a uh, coming off a of revolution you know yes. uh, Moxley finally gets that title I'm super excited for that yes and they did kind of tease it on the shirt uh but I really hope that Moxley spray paints Mox on that title if mm. wishes were fishes because man that fits his character so so well and like yes that belt is beautiful right it, it's very very beautiful um and it fit Chris Jericho very very well. However, it's a little too grand for Moxley, I think. Um, it, it's very shiny, very bright, uh, and, and Moxley's really not about that. So I, I hope he, he spray paints Mox on the belt like like the t-shirt uh, that he wore when he won. Interesting. Yeah. I do like that wish. Um, very NWO of you, by the way, Steve. <laughs> um, but yes, because of the spray paint effect that would likely be used uh, for that, uh, I'm actually going to give you uh, uh, five Spanish hogfish, as it's a typically a yellow fish uh, on on the on the sides. However, there is a an interesting paintbrush or almost spray paint effect uh, on the the top side of the fish uh that that is quite red maybe an orangish red uh so i think that would fit moxley Man. quite well you ain't fucking around you know your fishes dude. Uh, <laughs> just a little bit Man. just All a right. little bit well thank just you thank you <laughs> thank you thank you steven um <laughs> <laughs> uh, mike what, what kind of fish would you give steven for his wish uh oh i i, I can't be i can't even think on the spot like that i'll just I'll agree with you. <laughs> hey, more, a, a duplicate, more Spanish hogfish for yeah. Steven. I mean, to be fair, yeah. we have like 35, 40 episodes worth of fish to like go back in and just be like, yeah, that one. Uh, to yeah. to kind of just be like, hey, Mike, name a random fish for me. Yeah, just yeah, yeah. any kind of salmon. Um, yeah. no, I'm, just, <laughs> not, I'm, not, I'm not good on the spot. Yeah, it's, it, well, it's not very fair. No, so. this is a very unfair <laughs> segment for guests. Um... <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I'm probably just going to agree with the next one, so don't even ask me. Okay, that works. <laughs> Fair enough. We, works. We, will, we will just double the order of the next fish. For your wish, Tanner, what, what do you have for us? Yes. Um, I, I was really afraid because I thought Mike was actually going to beat me to this. Oh, really? Earlier. Uh, but yes. Um, if wishes were fishes, it is, in fact, Kenny who turns heel on Hangman Page, Ooh. and they reform uh, kind of the New Japan era elite, uh, if you will, the more heelish elite faction. And, uh, you know, they kind of do a little bit of a takeover of uh, AEW, um, if you will. Um, Obviously, we do have our fair share of heel stables at the moment. Uh, But, you know, I mean, if there were, you know, uh, a selection of guys who I see could pull it off, um, it would would be Kenny and, and the Young Bucks, I think. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's also possible... You know, I <coughs> they've put a lot of weight into making the inner circle like the the biggest heel faction, you know. But I will say it's not entirely out of the realm of possibility for inner circle to kind of do a turn, you know, and, and have the elite be a heel faction with the inner circle kind of being not necessarily like a a baby baby face, but like yeah. just face enough to go up against the elite. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, and with the way that Jericho is already over, I mean, like, he, he obviously he plays a heel, but I mean, the crowd's always singing his theme song, and mm-hmm. they know they obviously they know Chris Jericho enough that they're not gonna like boo him anyway, right? So I, they might boo him for like certain things that he does, but they're gonna they're gonna cheer him regardless because he's Chris Jericho, yeah, very true, yeah. I, w- I would agree with that. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, um, it, well, what kind of fish did you give me, Steve? Well, you're going to make fun of me again. Uh, why am I going to make fun of you? Well, I'm bringing back my favorite fish. Uh, and what fish would that be? Steve? Five elegant fire gobies. Yes, that is your favorite <laughs> fish, it seems. <laughs> it's a great fish. It's very beautiful. Oh, Ow, I'm knocking that, things over. That, that oh, was actually God. an elegant fire goby falling over mm-hmm. onto the table. Yeah, it fell out of the bag uh, that I was I'm just kidding. With. PETA, if you're out there, there was not any fish involved in this segment. No, <laughs> screw you, PETA. We got a whole <laughs> fish tank of elegant fire yeah. gobies, and I am literally <laughs> grabbing them and throwing them at Tanner it's, right now. And it just flopped on the table. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's... Uh, yeah, Crazy. it's very it's very messy. Yeah. Get at me, Peta. Yeah, it's quite graphic. Uh, yeah. Oh goodness! But yeah, uh, uh, five fire gobies. Yeah, because right. I love, uh, dude. I love me some factions, man. I yeah. love factions and uh, AEW, man. They they their writing is so good. Yeah, you know. So like, mm-hmm. I could I could totally see that going uh, really really well. Well, and I'll take your five fire gobies. And uh, using the Mike Charlip multiplier, I'll go ahead and bonus right. that to 10 fire goby fish for me. Okay. So okay. I, will, I will take that. There you go. Thank you to you, Stephen, and to Mike. You're Thank probably you. up to like 600 Dude, fire gobies like or that's something. All I, that's all I have over here. I, well, see, I like, the, I like the fire goby. I like the uh, blue whale is a good one. Yeah. Also like the, the, the marlin. Yes. Unofficial. Uh, Headlock talk fish. Uh-huh. Unofficial. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> The, the marlin, yes. very underrated fish. Uh, a truly underrated mm-hmm. fish, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yes, <laughs> um, that that is, of course, if wishes were fishes. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, last week we took you down under. 
yes, to Australia uh, <laughs> for um, album of the week. Uh, album of the week this week. I've actually headlock talk first. Two albums for you. Oh snap! Two. Oh snap! Indeed, two albums here. Of course, we we're continuing with uh, Tame Impala here. Uh, we are celebrating the fact that Tame Impala released their new album, um, The Slow Rush, mm. uh, which was just a great real, name. Yeah, it's a fantastic name. Um, the The Slow Rush um, uh, is. Um, uh, compared to the second album of the week, which is Lonerism, Lonerism is actually the follow-up to last week's album, Inner Speaker. Um, Inner Speaker is more of a self-reflected album where, uh, uh, I guess, the singer and the songwriter behind Tame Impala, he's, he's very introspective about himself and his feelings and whatnot. Um, great song crafting, great psychedelic rock music if you're into that, uh, which I hope you are. This is a, These are fantastic albums. <coughs> Whereas that album, however, Inner Speaker, is more self-reflective, uh, Lonerism is, of course, about being a loner and yes. being, you know, uh, not feeling your place in the world. Um, On the uh, fringes uh, of society. Uh, right, around you. Um, still, Shout it, out to Dean Ambrose. There you go. Uh, still hitting that psychedelic um, sound real hard on this one here, you know. So if you're a fan of like throwback uh, styles of music, um, whether that be uh, you know from the '60s or the se- the early '70s, you know, or if you have an appreciation for older bands like uh, Pink Floyd or you know um, you know some of the bands that, that are kind of from around that time, you, you would certainly have an appreciation for Tame Impala, I would think. This is actually in contrast with the new album, The Slow Rush, which is actually a lot more poppy, I would say. Definitely got a lot more pop vibe to it. You could definitely probably hear this on alternative radio, and I wouldn't doubt that it's going to start having some singles that are uh, chart toppers, perhaps. Mm Mm-hmm. Or at least that do very well in the charts because it is a very pop music influenced kind of album. He's kind of w- gone away uh, from the, uh, the psychedelic sounds and is making more uh, dance music, but also very serious uh, music. Uh, the, the slow rush is really kind of about time passing, uh, the flow of time, you know, the future kind of things that are, are personal to him as well, um, like his relationships, whether it be with lovers or his father. Um, you know, uh, very uh, two very, very good albums, very different and very distinct albums. Um, but yes, I wanted to highlight both of them because they are, uh, of course, one is very, very new, uh, but they are very... Uh, it's an interesting dichotomy of, yeah, yeah. of, of sounds and thoughts f- from one artist, really. Uh, so yes, Tame Impala... Uh, Lonerism, and, uh, of course, the new record, uh, The Slow Rush. Uh, highly recommend both. Uh, and then uh, we're going to have some uh, more Australian picks here very, very soon. Yes. Very soon. <laughs> um, before we go, Mike, uh, where can the people find you? W- w- you know, this is, this is your, your, your time to shine. Tell, tell us where we can find more of you, where we can read your blog, um, whatever it is that you need, sir. All right. Uh, well, you can follow me on Twitter, MikeJC821. And um, I have my own blog, which is um, MikeJCOnWrestling.com. And I also uh, contribute for the Daily Chinlock, 
uh, I believe their um, big their shout out. Is, yeah, uh, their link is uh, the Daily Chinlock home dot blog, I believe. Hmm. Um, and yeah, I, I've been uh, actually I've been writing a series on there that I haven't finished yet, but. Um, Top 10 storylines that WWE ruined on their own of the 2010s. I love it already. Nice. <laughs> Very <Yep>. cool. <laughs> and uh, I highlighted a lot of early CM Punk and uh, the Summer of Punk, the John Cena, The Rock feud that lasted too long. Uh, and uh, my next one is... I. Uh, the next year I'm up to is 2014, which I think people could probably guess what it's going to be. Uh, I hope so. <laughs> but uh, There's a yeah. few, but there's one that comes to mind especially. Yeah, especially <laughs> if you saw WrestleMania 30, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So, yeah, uh, so... Yeah, I'm trying to get my uh, my stuff out there more. Uh, obviously, uh, hope to come back on here, and I don't know if I'll have something in the works soon, podcast related. I don't, I, I don't know yet. Ooh, but the tease. I don't, and I also don't know if it'll be wrestling related. But that's Ooh, uh, even bigger tease. Interesting. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. So uh, we'll see. But yeah. Mike, Mike, you're 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 a man of mystery, and and and, and <laughs> I, I I love your blog. Uh, it it makes me smile and laugh and 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 and, and uh, feel sorrow for what I've done <laughs> with my life. <laughs> but um, well, I, I truly mm? sorry. Uh, I didn't mean to step in. One of my one of my closest friends thinks that I, all I do is complain, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. I think that. For, to to truly appreciate your your blog, Mike, I I think um, you you got to look at it with a lens of you really want things to work and to be right, and I think that's how yeah. that's how people should look at your blog. Yeah, um, is that you're you're pointing out the flaws because you care so much about what mm -hmm. what you want to see done right. Well, and there's a there's yeah. a very hard line between complaints. And criticism, yes, and uh, yeah. and and being a critic. Uh, so I I don't think there's anything wrong with being a critic, you know. Well, yeah, mm -hmm. and one of the biggest things that I've try I've been trying to like make clear is that like you get you see a lot of people that are like homers, like WWE homers mm. or AEW, you know, whatever, and they they go like, oh, uh, WWE. We, you guys criticized AEW for this, so you better criticize WWE for that. Like, and I just can't stand that because mm. people like us who criticize everything because we have to. Yes, it it it's like just I just like just love wrestling, yep. and that's that's all I, I I try to do is get people to love wrestling. And there's gonna be stuff that's gonna be criticized and people who pick sides and people who like attack people for enjoying one thing and not enjoying the other thing. It's just annoying. And yes, it's not, it's not making the world better. 
Yeah. Especially we, the rest especially the wrestling world. We should all just come together and talk about how much New Japan is awesome. Yes. That's <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I agree. <laughs> well, well, Mike, yes, uh, you're welcome back on the show, a hundred percent. We'll we'll work yes. on a, on a day to do that for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, man, uh, it was it was a pleasure to have you on the show. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I from the beginning, I've been looking forward to having you on for quite a long time, and I know Stephen has as well. <laughs> uh, so uh, yes, yeah, uh, we, we we you're more than welcome back on the show, and uh, I, I'm interested to see where you take things from here now that you have this awesome podcast equipment that uh, and, and and obviously the blog as well you know very exciting times for you and and i'm very very glad that you were able to come on the show today and uh, thank you for having me guys i appreciate it oh absolutely you're quite welcome man uh you can find headlock talk on twitter at headlock talk uh pretty simple straightforward yeah. there yeah. um since you are listening to our podcast, uh, be kind. Hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to your show, whether it be uh, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast, Podbean. Uh, I think we're still over on uh, there. There's like a lot of them. Like there's like apparently we're still on Stitcher. You can pretty much Google uh, Google us, and you can find a place to listen to our shows. Yeah, we made it, Mom. Mama, we made it. We made it. <laughs> um, very cool stuff there. Um, if you are a business and you would like to have somebody sponsor your product on a podcast, please don't hesitate to reach out to us. Uh, headlocktalk at gmail.com. Again, it's headlocktalk at gmail.com. We are an independent podcast. We don't do this uh, with any strings on us. So support local podcasts. Uh, definitely uh, reach out to us if you would like us to support your product. We would certainly love to support it. Yes, indeed. Yes. Um, and then, of course, like I said earlier, after you subscribe to our podcast, make sure to leave a rating and review wherever you listen to your shows, be it iTunes or, you know, all the other ones. All the just, things. All the ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the best way to support Headlock Talks, uh, you know, independent podcast, you know, uh, run here i guess extravaganza yes absolutely that's a that's a terrible word (laughs) well um i am of course the texas gentleman uh tanner pruitt and of course right across me the one the only uh mr stephen grudy and again big thanks to mike uh charlotte for coming on the show uh you guys have yourselves a wonderful rest of your day yeah thanks for listening y'all bye-bye later Whether you're kicking it in the sticks or kicking it at home, lounge in upholstery with a contemporary feel designed for relaxed living with the Brantley Gilbert Collection at Morris Home. Enter online at morrisathome.com win for your chance to win a guitar personally autographed by Brantley Gilbert or one of many Morris Home gift cards to upgrade your home today. That's morrisathome.com win for your chance to win from Morris Home. How did we become Central Ohio's most trusted team of orthopedic experts? We focus on what matters most, our patients. At Orthopedic One, we know we're only at our best when we're helping you get better. 
and every day your commitment to overcoming pain and injury inspires and moves us. That's why we bring our best every day to earn your trust. Find a physician near you at orthopedicone.com.